Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your plug fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Several of those lawmakers who oppose Jim Jordan's bid for speaker are now receiving credible and terrifying death threats, a threatening message for the wife of one of the Republican lawmakers who opposes Jordan. If your husband's an asshole, you should talk to this stupid ass. He's a fucking warmonger, piece of shit. Jim Jordan or more conservative or you're going to be molested like you can't ever imagine. Non-violently. We're not like the left. We aren't violent, but we're going to follow your ass. Everything you can do. You're a husband. I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of shit, because he's a deep state prick. We're going to be up your ass. We are now Antifa. You must be a bitch to marry us ugly mother like that that's disgusting yeah that is disgusting no member deserves that kind of treatment from any constituent i doubt it you are fake news it's not against the law oh fuck you very fake news. <laughs> man you are one pathetic loser <laughs> well it's not my concern i will eat your ass that's a big game man i'll do it all right america go to the youtube right now Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is... The Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Who is that delightful man who left that voicemail? Can we please get him on the show? I like his spirit, even if... Yes, going after a congressman's wife is poor taste. Who cares? Like, we care about poor taste. I'm not endorsing spousal targeting i'm just saying a little more i of that, am that was hilarious a little more of that pep i appreciate yeah. uh do you buy it as authentic or do you think it's a hoax voicemail of the week i don't know it sounds pretty authentic i think it's legit but uh we'll talk all about the speaker fight and um it's now back to square one after republicans ousted jim jordan in part because his supporters were too mean as we just heard either that or Republican holdouts committed some hate hoaxing themselves, which uh, is entirely possible. Plus, uh, Sidney Powell and another Trump lawyer have accepted plea deals in the Georgia racketeering case. They have now agreed to testify against all the remaining co-defendants, which would include the former president, Donald Trump. We're really seeing uh, Fannie Willis, the prosecutor there in Fulton County, Georgia, her strategy unfolding. This entire case may be complete bullshit as a legal theory and is the legal, uh, as far as the facts are concerned in this legal case. Yeah. But the strategy 
to browbeat people into flipping on Trump appears to be working. Unless Sidney Powell has some secret Kraken 4D chess move in the works in this particular uh, development. I don't know. Uh, Joe Biden says after the Hamas attack on Israel, we have to fight back by giving even more money to Ukraine, which is a weird argument, but we'll listen. And you have to observe at this point, because I thought, wow, Zelensky's got to be really pissed off. He's nobody cares about Zelensky anymore. He's not going to get any more checks. Isn't it strange how no matter what the problem is, whether it's domestic, international, it might be a space alien attack. The solution is give money to Ukraine. That should tell you something (laughs) no matter what. And have your have your uh, the problems in your life improved through this strategy over the last year and a half? Give money to Ukraine. That solution has not worked for for me very well, but maybe I'm missing something. We'll try to understand it. Meanwhile, uh, Greta Thunberg, always committed to the correct pronunciation. Greta Thunberg. She is in trouble for the Nazi-like misuse of a stuffed octopus. How does she not know this? Because she's tizzing me, that's why. Do you... I, <clears throat> I mean, we'll get into this. I do not think that, that Greta, Greta Thunberg was doing a Nazi dog whistling. But For sure. Who thinks that? They seem to. The people genuinely seem to think that. And I have to plead a little bit of ignorance. I had not seen the... Uh, I don't know. At least I don't. It's not in my memory seeing this artwork of an of a uh, star of David Octopus and all his tentacles <laughs> gripping the world. But that's the problem. Anyway, we'll we'll take a look at that. The Supreme Court uh, has agreed to hear that major censorship case, Missouri versus Biden, mm-hmm. about the White House's coordination with social media companies to delete your posts. In the meantime, they're allowing Joe Biden to meet with social media companies to delete your posts, but. They are going to evaluate that case and and those questions. It's one of the more significant First Amendment cases to hit the court in a long time. So we'll take a look at that. And we, of course, have hoax hate entries, including an update from Jussie Smollett. Not uh, much of an update there. He has to go to rehab for undisclosed reasons. That's pretty much it. All right. That's the whole story. What am I even going to say when we get to it? We'll try to figure out what the reasons are. (sighs) And tonight's movie review is gone, uh, gone, rather gone with the wind. So stick around. We'll try to keep the review to under four hours as a gesture of courtesy to our audience. Why? They weren't courteous to us. even though They made a movie in 1938. You bastards who voted for that movie. Yes, we watched it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll catch up with uh, your super chats in between topics as uh, as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because... We are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated, and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site, plus... We have offers from friendly, listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. The high-noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all-metal, no-plastic, long-lasting construction and uses widely available double-edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America, dating back to the 50s and the 60s. 
until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. Don't forget, you can still get the high noon safety razor in the rare and exotic rose gold finish plus Western Razor also offers value packs to get your razor and a giant pack of blades in one great package. And did you know Western Razor also sells Caswell Massey Shave Cream, the preferred shave cream of George Washington himself? It is true. You can look it up. In the meantime, Western Razor is working on their own shave cream formula as well. So shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing when you pick up a Western Razor. Get 10% off your entire order using promo code MATT10. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from our friends at Western Razor. You can find everything you need from Western Razor Company, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners, for listeners. And of course, do not forget, all three of our signature soaps are available from Hero Soap Company. You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly, or try Oat Plus Almond from Blonde. Or try all three, plus Hero Soap also has shampoo and conditioner now, with a secret conditioner and shampoo and conditioner recipe coming at the selection of yours truly very soon promo code mc listener for 10 percent off everything at herosoapcompany.com find more information of course at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals as well hey uh perhaps you saw on certain social media channels this week <clears throat> promotional teasers for something called tenant media and uh alongside photos of Tim Poole, Lauren Southern, Taylor Hansen, Dave Rubin, Benny Johnson. Hey, there's me. Uh, And yes, there are some. Just White Walker Matt. Just. I do have the icy eyes. Yeah, I look like the Night King. Uh, Not as much as as Tim Poole, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, There will be some additional names you are likely familiar with as well who will be involved. And there will be more of a formal trailer coming out this week. So I can't really step on that formal announcement uh, other than to confirm that, yes, this is an exciting new opportunity for my material. And yes, it is scheduled to begin November 6th. So just a couple weeks away. And I have long joked you and I talked about this when I went to this uh, particular photo shoot that the mark of making it professionally is when you have a very serious cross armed photo. That's how you know that you've made it. And one uh, leg up on a chair. Did you do that? I did not do the leg on the chair. Luckily, independent of me, the uh, directorial aim of this particular image was serious already. And I was directed again, independently of me to take a photo with cross armed or with my arms crossed. And so I knew at that moment that I had made it professionally, that this is it. This is like my book cover, you know? (laughs) I finally have the studio <laughs> professional cross-armed photo. I know it's hard to see here, but if you look closely down in the dark there, you can see this same watch on my left wrist. That's how you can tell the arms you are crossed. You can't see anything. You got to look closely up the up the brightness on that photo. Nonsense. What about Tim Pool? His arms aren't crossed. He's just jerking off on that picture. I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, but if you'd like to get more info on the project, including all the latest information as soon as it launches, you can head on over to Tenant Media, sign up for email notifications. I expect to be able to talk about this in more detail very soon. Uh, speaking of their website, tenantmedia.com, I don't know if they've claimed tenant is dot gay yet. I <laughs> will see. I'll talk to the people in charge and see uh, if they can get tenant is dot gay for more convenience. If people don't understand that joke, of course, there is a uh, a generous member of the audience who purchased the URL Matt is dot gay as a, a much easier redirect to my website. So straight so, to the website. Yep. Hopefully tenant can pick up on that. But uh, I look forward to talking about it more fully very soon. In uh, moving on to the news here, uh, I actually cannot believe this. Are you surprised by the renewed effort to charge Alec Baldwin? Yes, this is shocking. I mean, I, we don't know if anything's going to happen, I suppose, but I, I kind of can't believe that they didn't let this die away. So... Uh, as reported by NBC this week, the new team of prosecutors in New Mexico, remember, there was an old team that kind of uh, bungled the case, and then they've brought in a new team of prosecutors to handle it. Well, they're actually going to go after Alec Baldwin again for this rush shooting incident. So the the old team of prosecutors, that was kind of a mess. The uh, lead prosecutor got elected to the state legislature, and Alec Baldwin successfully argued that she was constitutionally prohibited from prosecuting the case because of separation of powers language in the New Mexico Constitution. And prosecutors tried to bring charges under a state law that didn't exist at the time of the shooting. So even though the um, the district attorney in that county was involved, this, w- this seemed like amateur hour. They were making mistakes that, you know, that law students shouldn't be making if they were in charge. Yeah. So uh, that really fell apart. Of course, ultimately, the charges against Alec Baldwin were dropped in April, though armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed still faces that involuntary manslaughter prosecution. Assistant Director Dave Halls took a plea deal. Well, now the prosecution team is apparently reviving the charges for Alec Baldwin. Two sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News that Baldwin's case will be brought before a grand jury next month and that there have been recent discussions of a plea deal. I would assume that means discussions with Alec Baldwin's legal team, of course. One of the sources says that upon further investigation, prosecutors no longer believe the gun involved had been modified and have found new evidence that connects Baldwin to reckless safety standards on the set. So remember last we left the story, it was the belief of the the old prosecutors for some reason that something had gone wrong with this gun, that it was it was a, mm. it was a modified gun that fired on its own somehow, even though the FBI had investigated this gun independently and concluded could not fire without the trigger being pulled. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, of course, what a has. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alec Baldwin has distanced himself from any safety issues, saying it was not my responsibility to maintain safety on the set. Apparently, these prosecutors believe they have some evidence that suggests otherwise. So it's not. If I'm reading this correctly, it's not just the question of did Alec Baldwin pull the trigger, though that is legally important. It's the question of to what degree did Alec Baldwin have responsibility for safety overall. And or to what degree did Alec Baldwin play a part in cutting safety corners? Maybe more than we previously understood. According to these sources, prosecutors intend to pursue that same involuntary manslaughter charge again, which carries up to 18 months in prison on conviction. That would be a maximum sentence. So I think like significant Alec Baldwin prison sentence, still a long shot at this point, but it is back on the table. 
As far as the timeline, again, one of the sources said the case will be brought to a grand jury next month in November. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed's trial has been pushed back to February 21st. So, a lot to keep an eye on as this case develops. Uh, <clears throat> you have any other thoughts on that? Or you want to talk George Floyd? I'm not convinced that nothing is that anything is going to happen. Hmm. Probably not. Uh, if, if I were betting, I would say... Yeah. Maybe maybe he pleads guilty to some lower charge for the renewed interest is in and of itself shocking. Yeah, I agree. This uh, I mean, this is not necessarily new information on George Floyd. Everybody knew the guy was high out of his mind. Everybody knew that there wasn't really evidence of physical trauma to his throat or neck. But mm -hmm. this. If true, this messaging, this communication between someone in the prosecutor's office and the medical examiner really shows that they knew it was bullshit, or at least the medical examiner did the whole time and went along with it for the purposes of career yeah, safety or yeah, yeah. because it's what the activists wanted. Anyway, um, what are the details here? So Tucker broke this a few days ago, but Amy Sweezy, she um, is a prosecutor and this all comes from this deposition because she filed a lawsuit against her former boss alleging sex discrimination and retaliation. So as part of the, of the case, all these documents and testimonies came to light, um, which provided a view into the, the pressures, the climate uh, around the case um, and some more information. So she, Amy Sweezy, in this case, discussed this conversation that she had with the county med medical examiner, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Baker, the day after Floyd died. And Dr. Baker reportedly said that there were, quote, no medical findings that showed any injury to any vital structure of Mr. Floyd's necks, Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or of strangulation. And I actually hadn't seen his talks report in its entirety. That guy was fucked. Up. He was on like three times the legal dose of fentanyl. What is uh, norofentanyl yeah. too? It's, yeah, it's yeah. like tons of fentanyl and then norofentanyl. He must have really built up a tolerance over time. Um, he was a huge man weed, though. I guess he could take weed a lot. and meth. So yeah, yeah no evidence. Um, poor Derek Chauvin, right? Here we have is, a clip and then. Yeah, we'll, here's we'll, a, a bit from Tucker's piece and, and. Yeah, again, to me, it's it's there's the factual components here, but it's the fact that the people talking about it behind the scenes knew it and appeared mm -hmm. intimidated by the reaction if they were to tell the truth. But the question is, did he actually murder George Floyd? And the answer is, well, no, he didn't murder George Floyd. And we're not guessing about that. We know it conclusively, thanks to a new court case now underway in Hennepin County, Minnesota. The case was brought by a prosecutor there called Amy Sweezy. She's suing her boss. In her deposition, which you should read, Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday, and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. So this was not a killing. It was yet another narcotics OD in a country that courts more than 100,000 of them every year. The medical examiner clearly understood that and, in fact, articulated it. And Sweezy explains. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? This is the kind of case that ends careers. Everyone lied about it from the very beginning. 
The people who knew the truth hid the truth and allowed the revolution to proceed. Yeah, Tucker also talks about how this would have been classified as a natural causes death in almost any other political hmm. situation. So yeah, this was a, although I don't know who would call an OD a natural causes death. It's a natural cause after you take a bunch of drugs. <laughs> if there <laughs> but, are unnatural <laughs> factors. Yeah. Uh, to to give the other side of this or to, to provide a little bit of caution, if I understand correctly, this is the testimony of this prosecutor pursuant to her case against her former employer. But it, it is her saying, this is what the guy told me. Now, granted, it is under oath. Mm -hmm. So she has, you know, she's sworn to tell the truth. Um, but it's it's a little short of, say, if I had like if I had an email of the medical examiner saying those exact things. Yeah. Not that I'm inclined to believe this is fake or made up, but it's it's uh, it's not the primary source, I suppose. It's it's another person's retelling of what some guy told her, even if it is under oath. Um, but I. Yeah, but it's it's uh, not central to the to her case. So why would she even bother? She doesn't have a great incentive to lie about it, at least if yeah. I understand her dispute with her employer. It's not like it depends on whether George Floyd was murdered or not. Mm -mm. But anyway, uh, this uh, there, there are new charges for this. uh this uh, black guy in the army who ran over the, the border with North Korea and was hanging out there for like a month until he came back. And we've been wondering what he hoped to achieve because he said the country was racist or something. I haven't read this in detail, but now they're giving him child porn charges. So I'm just wondering, was he escaping a potential pedophiles prosecution? Is that what he was trying to do or what? Yeah, pretty much. We knew that this wasn't about racism, but it's actually turned out to be much worse than I anticipated. So this uh, army defector, Travis King, he's been charged by the military uh, for multiple crimes, including desertion and the solicitation of child pornography. After oh, he solicitation ran into North Korea. of, not possession of. I mean, it's not that one is well, good, but it's a little different. Yes, it, it was solicitation. Yes. Okay. So um, if you guys remember, he fled to North Korea when he was about to be detained, saying that uh, he was sick of the unfair racial treatment of blah, fucking blah, army, blah. And um, then he got sent back. But now it's being revealed that he was soliciting a minor for sexual photos on Snapchat. And he knew that they were a minor. And so this happened. It's not, do we know when that supposedly happened? Prior? The month he abandoned his post. Oh, OK. So, so it was like right before. That. So he. Yeah. OK. So that timing would line up like he, he uh, delivers a proposition to a minor on Snapchat that information gets in the you know hands of law enforcement or whoever is a, a threat to him. And so he's like, all right, I'm but out. He I'm also had Korea. those assault and insubordination charges. Yeah. Remember for that, that bar fight he got into yeah. and for leaving his base after curfew and drinking alcohol. So he was about to get hit with like a whole bunch of shit. And um, he was going to be dishonorably discharged. Surely if there were no criminal, um, uh, if, if he didn't get charged with anything. Which he was going to. So his family supported him since he fled his post, hired a legal team that includes Franklin Rosenblatt. Guess who he defended? I don't know. Bo Bertal. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, that I, the reason. What, I guess I don't know how that story concluded. I know that Bergdahl came back in a crazy deal with the Taliban w under Obama. 
But as far as Bergdahl's prosecution, I, I don't know how that What that did happen out. with that? I mean, I it was know. clear that he abandoned his post, but there was some reality winner treatment of him that I found inexplicable around that time, which confused the issue. Uh, well, I, I guess I, you mean to say that you think he was treated harshly or? No, I think that he deserted his post and uh, he was a huge pussy, but he would, he got like an undue amount of support. And oh. I, I found it confounding at the yeah. time. I, I mean, like, there, there were guys, there was at least a, one guy killed searching for him. If I yeah. remember oh, correctly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. So the family um, told investigators that he decided to flee to North Korea because quote, uh, he harbored ill feelings against inhuman treatment and racial discrimination within the U S army. So he's like, I better get ahead of this child porn thing. And, uh, say that my commanding officer called me the n-word if this is what it appears to be if that if as you described if that's what this is this would be a very high level hoax hate i would say fleeing to north korea under the premise of the military being too hateful to cover up your pending child porn solicitation charges that's a new angle that's one i have not seen yeah it is it is okay well Mm. we'll keep an eye on that uh I've discussed this case in detail a few times, but now it has reached, well, its conclusion for the moment, as in Douglas Mackey, otherwise known as uh, Ricky Vaughn on Twitter, who was especially active in the 2016 election cycle. He has now been sentenced to seven months in prison for his high meme crimes during that election season. Uh, remember back then, in this case, he uh, he posted... These gag images encouraging Hillary voters to save time and vote by text or tweet, which, of course, you can't do yet, at least, although I'm sure if many of those uh, people who are adamant about mail in voting and the rest of the easy voting, it's not very long until we do have vote by text or vote by tweet. It's uh, give it a few years. But <laughs> Douglas Mackey, vote by wink. Yeah. He, he was too early. Mm. Now, what's interesting legally about these posts this is one of Mackey's posts on your screen here, and it, it does use Hillary Clinton campaign imagery. Uh, it does use Microsoft's corporate logo. So, so what? There's no law against this, though. Well, they didn't it's go after him for that. You know, if like Hillary Clinton sent him a cease and desist or Microsoft sent him a cease and desist. I get that. Didn't they go but, after him because it has the appearance of of being serious? That's why. they went I mean, after I him. This is an under the premise that he is conspiring to violate your constitutional rights. That is that, just insane. So it, this is not like an intellectual property thing. This is not um, an impersonation thing. Uh, DOJ doesn't care about those things. They convicted him on this charge of conspiracy to violate rights, which is also what they're using to go after Trump uh, in the, in Jack Smith's January 6th case. So maybe this was a, a warm up, a, a, a trial run for that legal theory. Cause this is a new legal theory. This is this law that they used is a post civil war era law designed to stop the KKK from physically obstructing black voters. That's what, that's what the authors of this law meant in their intent. When you conspire to, to stop or to violate someone's constitutional right to vote in this way, it means that you physically obstruct them from, Voting, not that you post something on the Internet that they might read and therefore change their mind about how to do it or something. But according to the DOJ, making an Internet post with false information about voting methods, that's the same thing as physically stopping somebody from voting. 
they consider these to be, if not the same legal, if, if not the same in practice, the same legally, the same sort of conspiracy against your constitutional right to vote. My question, as I talked about earlier, when I, I made a video about this, what if I just, what if there's no like jokester trickster angle to this? And I just tell you straight up as has been expressed many times on this show, uh, don't vote. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Don't vote. Yeah. You shouldn't. Is, is that a conspiracy to violate your constitutional rights? I guess you could pick at that analogy and say, well, it's the deception angle. Okay. But there's a lot of gray area there too. What if I tell you don't vote because of these made up statistics that are not real at all? Is that, is that a conspiracy to violate your, your right to vote? It's a, it's a very, this is very treacherous territory in terms of free speech and the first amendment. But, uh, I've gone over a lot of those insane implications previously. Uh, and we're past, we're past the trial stage here and we're through the conviction even. So Douglas Mackey was sentenced to seven months in prison for posting these memes. Uh, Good Lord. Judge Ann M. Donnelly in this case, in sentencing him, this is a district court judge for the Eastern district of New York. She called Mackey's behavior, quote, nothing short of an assault on our democracy. <laughs> As though putting a guy in prison for seven months for joke internet posts is not a, an egregious attack on the individual rights that are foundational to our Republic. Of course, um, Many people of all sorts of perspectives have repeated different iterations of this gag over time. Notably, um, on Election Day 2016, comedian Christina Wong posted a video of herself wearing Trump clothing, telling Trump supporters to vote by text or vote on Wednesday. Instead, uh, Wong has faced no charges and the DOJ has never expressed intent to pursue any. And people will watch that video and say, yeah, well, it's clearly a joke. OK, uh, same defense applies to Mackey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's clearly okay. a joke. And it, if you want to argue otherwise, oh, no, no, I know. I mean, we're again, we're getting into very dicey First Amendment territory where you get to be the arbiter of a person's intent behind crafting a message and you get to declare what is a joke and what is serious, a serious attempt at deception. And it's worth noting that this would be an entirely new First Amendment exception, that being mm -hmm. election misinformation, apparently. Supreme right. Court has never established such an exception. I would assume there will be an, an appeal on that basis and creating such an exception appears necessary to reach the conclusion of this conviction. Um, it doesn't fit this, this meme does not fit any other exception. It's not incitement. It's not defamation. It's not obscenity. It's not child porn. It's not a threat. You might argue that it's fraud, but that's not really the angle that the prosecutors took. So Mackey's uh, Mackey's attorney says he's optimistic about Mackey's prospects on appeal, but that effort has not yet started. So we'll have to keep an eye on this. But yeah, uh, he's going to sit in prison for seven months in the meantime. And there's no way any kind of appeal is going to be how awful is going to be achieved before then. But maybe they speaking of Jesse Smollett, maybe they handle this similarly where he gets some sort of delay in his actual like some sort some sort of appeal would grant him a delay in serving his sentence, perhaps. We'll see if something like that happens. When one of the factors is based on the intelligence of the American public, I think that that's a real wild card that makes me yeah. worried. Your speech rights decline as people get stupider. We're all screwed. 
under such a structure. Isn't that what we're witnessing? I mean, obviously this is political, but I think that 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 can be an argument. Yeah. yeah. If, if, If it's misunderstood by an imbecile who then acts on the misunderstanding, you are responsible uh, yeah, uh, that's a standard that threatens all of our ability to speak freely, of course. Yeah. Uh, in other legal developments, major developments in Trump's racketeering case in Georgia this week. Recall, this is the case from Fulton County prosecutor Fannie Willis alleging Trump's team uh, was the, was a racketeering organization akin to the mafia. They were organized for the criminal purpose of delegitimize, uh, delegitimizing Georgia's election process. On Thursday, former Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, who, of course, pledged to release the Kraken to prove fraud in 2020, uh, (laughs) she agreed to uh, a plea deal for reduced charges. And this comes the day before jury selection was set to begin in her trial. She and the other lawyer, which uh, who who we'll get to in just a minute, they had exercised their rights to a a they had exercised their constitutional right to a speedy trial. So they were coming up facing their trial quicker than the other however many co-defendants there are 1920, I forget. Uh, but that's why they were they were right up against trial time. So she has now agreed to plead guilty to six misdemeanors, accusing her of conspiring to intentionally interfere with the performance of election duties. Per the deal, she will now serve six years of probation, pay a fine of $6,000, and write an apology letter to the state of Georgia and the residents of Georgia. But much more crucially... She has signed a statement for prosecutors agreeing to testify truthfully against her co-defendants at future trials. Mm. Of course, those co-defendants would include Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and other big players in the Trump campaign. So if it's strange to see such a big prize like Sidney Powell being treated so lightly, you know, we see the grandmas of January 6th getting harsher sentences than probation and give us a few thousand bucks. Well, that would be why. Uh, Like this prosecution in general, its only purpose is to get Trump. Everything else is a tool in that pursuit. So if Sidney Powell becomes a resource to get Trump through her flipping and her providing testimony, they don't really (coughs) care about getting Sidney Powell. They never did. Sidney Powell was just a means to an end. It Mm. would appear something similar is happening with former Trump lawyer Kenneth Chesborough as well. Chesbro also agreed to a last minute plea deal on Friday in which he has also agreed to testify for the prosecution against his co-defendants. Chesbro has agreed to plead guilty to a single felony charge of conspiracy to commit filing of false documents. So he will receive five years probation and a $5,000 fine. This is the first felony plea deal in this case. All of this is related to Chesborough drafting a strategy to use alternate electors to prevent Joe Biden from receiving the state of Georgia's votes. Um, This is, uh, again, the first felony plea deal among the 19 defendants in the case. So on its face, you know, we all we all looked back uh, at the indictment when this dropped from Fannie Willis a few months ago. And we're reading about all of these overt acts in furtherance, furtherance of the conspiracy. Remember that Donald Trump tweeted something. Donald Trump said, watch Newsmax. And it, it appeared absurd at the time. And it is, it is philosophically absurd. It is legally absurd, I think as well. But when you view the strategy going on here, you see what Fannie Willis is trying to do. Um, all of those little acts, they list hundreds of them. They're all 
pursuant to this racketeering charge that they want to bring against everybody, as in acts committed in furtherance of what is a centralized, cohesive criminal enterprise. Right. And and through that, they can hang the prospect of a felony charge with a mandatory prison minimum over everybody's head. So if you can flip some of these people by intimidating them to join this targeting effort against Trump, suddenly you've drafted a case in which all of Trump's allies or at least many of them are now lined up against him, which is more compelling to a jury. The problem for Fannie Willis is all the witnesses in the world don't necessarily matter if she can't explain what the crime is that they witnessed. This whole case is, they're, they're a criminal enterprise, right? Like the mafia is usually engaged in killing people or drug trade or something else that is a clear right. underlying crime. In this case, it's a conspiracy to do what exactly? Use the legal process to challenge election results. It's a it, it's conspiracy to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, effectively. But this is uh, a very real threat. Oh yeah, and it, it in a Fulton County with a Fulton County jury too. And I and there have been efforts to get a different jurisdiction and to move the case into into federal court and all that. But just because it's legally dubious doesn't mean that it's not. Uh, a, a serious obstacle for Trump. And as a reminder, if they do get Trump on this one, it is massively consequential. Uh, this case is likely the most damaging of the four that are currently unfolding. Remember, there's the New York Stormy Daniels bullshit. There's the federal classified documents case. And then there's the federal January 6th case. If Trump gets convicted of the racketeering charge in this case, and, and we have to believe that's what they're going to go after him for, both because they brought the charge and because Trump has said, I am not accepting a plea deal. Innocent people don't do that. I'll never do that. And maybe his right. lawyers will convince him. But as, that's how it stands now. So if Trump gets convicted on the racketeering charge under Georgia law, that's prison mandatory. Minimum five-year sentence. And of course, it's a state conviction that even a newly elected President Trump could not pardon no president could pardon it because it's a state conviction. The Georgia governor can't even pardon it because he doesn't have the power. In Georgia, pardons only happen through a state board of pardons and paroles, and they only give pardons after a sentence has already been served, which seems to me like it defeats the purpose of a pardon, though I guess you get some of your rights restored. But uh, what that what all of that means is if this conviction is secured, it prison is a requirement and and really nobody can erase that for Trump. Now, of course, on the other side of it, nothing in the Constitution prevents a convicted man or even a jailed man from running for and serving as president. But as we talked about when this indictment dropped, imagine a scenario in the next year, which is only strengthened now by Sidney Powell and this other lawyer flipping and potentially more. Where the state of Georgia convicts Trump, says Trump must serve a prison sentence in our state. Trump says, no, I'm not doing that. And another state agrees to harbor him. What does Biden do? Does he yeah. send U.S. marshals to go get his political opponent? And, Ooh, wouldn't that be something? And would the state that's harboring Trump in such a scenario, how would they handle that? Would they fight back? Would they surrender to the feds coming into take the major party candidate away. Now, I, I don't mean to present all of this as a certainty. A lot of things have to happen between now and then, but the way this is trending, <laughs> I think we're going to get quite a show in 2024 is all I'm saying.
Uh, do you what have do you anything going to happen? Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that spectacle? I don't know. Do you think they're going to go nuclear like that? Yes. What restraints do these people have? The, the whole case itself is nuclear. But it's so mobilizing. Uh, yeah. Well, when have they ever shied away from conflict? Some might argue they invite it. They're eager for it. No, I think you're right. That just kind of accelerates thing, things and, and brings them to a new level. An accelerationist has to love this. I mean, this is like we're going to talk civil war later with uh, Gone with the Wind. But uh, this sort of thing, I know everything these days is like that. This could cause a civil war that could cause a civil war like this. Really? <laughs> Sometimes that's overstated. There's a lot of it's factors, really I think, that, that are serious to that effect these days. But the prospect yeah. of the sitting president sending feds to arrest his challenger and put that challenger in prison. I mean, that if that's not civil war stuff, I don't know what is, but I well, would like to see it. though. Oh, it's a show I will watch. Uh, but as I've said before with other shows, that is what you call popcorn in one hand rifle in the other. That's how you view totally. that show. <laughs> a fistful of yeah. popcorn and, uh, you know, a hand, uh, uh, with uh, with a rifle ready to go at any time. Defensively, Raja Mohan. Defensively, of course. Nonviolently, as that as that caller, uh, that voicemail man said. He said, "We're going to molest you nonviolently," and he meant molest like in the classic sense of bother, <laughs> which always cracked me up in Spanish class because to bother the verb was molestar. Oh yeah, it is, so, isn't it's it? Like so, if some if some. Forget what the phrasing is because my verb conjugation in Spanish is decades <laughs> lost. But to say don't bother me was something like no moleste or something. No, no molestar. Something like no that. No molesta. So it sounded no like molest. don't molest me. Well. <laughs> Which maybe was more appropriate for a lot of those teachers than I realized. Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, I know how eager everyone is for more Israel-Hamas conflict talk. But, um, you know, as we as we've been talking about in the in the weeks prior, um, this, of course, in addition to being a major international story, this, of course, continues to be our business because it is demanded that we shovel billions and billions of dollars into it. As we'll get I to didn't consent to this. Well, uh, I don't think Biden cares about consent in any way, whether it's you or whether it's that little girl whose hair he's sniffing. Don't you have burnout on this news story? I'm sure everybody does. My friend messaged me and he's like, I have such burnout on this story that I was talking to a guy with Down syndrome about it the other day who was like telling me that we need to defend Israel. And I was like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Like everybody has an opinion. Why are we still talking about this? But the story is important. So. Uh, yeah. Well, and and I, to be honest, um. The angle of we have to pay Ukraine now is not that's not the twist I expected for this to go. I thought this was going to be all on board, like shovel money to the Middle East. Yes, shovel money to Israel, but also shovel money into uh, Gaza and the West Bank to make sure that Hamas has enough rockets to throw at Israel so that we have to send Israel more money to defend itself. That kind of thing. Instead, Zelensky has made a miraculous recovery. But as far as the developments uh, on the ground in the Middle East over the last week, a um, couple, couple of major stories. One, that these American hostages were released. And two, that uh, there is aid moving into Gaza now. So on Friday, Hamas freed Judith Renan and her 17-year-old daughter, Natalie. These are two Americans freed. 
Hamas says they were released for humanitarian reasons in an agreement with the Qatari government. The mother and daughter had been on a trip from their home in Chicago. They were in a town near Gaza when they were abducted during the October 7th attack. Earlier today, uh, a second convoy of aid trucks crossed the Egyptian border with Gaza. This after the Egyptian government agreed to allow 20 trucks through on Saturday. Now, this is still very minimal. The UN says that they need at least 100 trucks a day. Uh, That's necessary to cover urgent needs in Gaza. But there are some supplies moving into the region, uh, as, of course, there have been thousands and thousands of bombs dropped there in the last couple of weeks. So discussions for how to speed up the process and deliver more supplies remain ongoing. But that brings us to Joe Biden's second Oval Office address of his presidency. I forgot to look up what his first one was. It was probably Ukraine related also. I should have checked that. He, he only addresses us from the Oval Office if Zelensky needs money, is my guess. But he did this uh, address on Thursday night, and uh, yeah, this was not at all what I expected, and not in a good way. As I mentioned, I've been I've been joking that Zelensky is the biggest loser of all of this because nobody cares, nobody wants to give him any money anymore. Well, uh, it's not just Zelensky clawing back into the spotlight. Now it's Joe Biden pulling him back into the spotlight. And the other thing that was surprising about this address from from. Joe Biden, he loves Zelensky so much, he didn't even make this about his son, Bo. I thought that for sure Joe Biden was going to be saying... bring him into it somehow, yeah. I know what it's like to have terrorists paraglide into your country and kill your whole family. After all, that's how they got Bo in Iraq. I, I figured he would say something like that. That is the pattern, but he didn't. Instead, he used the Hamas attack to say that it's even more important to give Ukraine money. Yes, he's calling for money to Israel too, but it's all the more important to give Ukraine money now. With the, And he's proposing this new foreign aid bill that would send Ukraine four times as much money as it does to Israel. You know, the assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war, tragedy, and brutality inflicted on the people of Ukraine. People that were very badly hurt since Putin launched his all-out invasion. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy. I know these conflicts can seem far away. It's natural to ask, why does this matter to America? You know, history has taught us that when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, when dictators don't pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. So if we... Don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine. He won't limit himself just to Ukraine. That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine. We send Ukrainian equipment sitting in our stockpiles. And when we use the money allocated by Congress, we use it to replenish our own stores, our own stockpiles with new equipment, equipment that that defends America and is made in America. Patriot missiles for air defense batteries, made in Arizona. Artillery shells manufactured in 12 states across the country, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Texas. Just as in World War II, today patriotic American workers are building the arsenal of democracy. Wow, he's really using everything in his toolbox. This is the same thing as World War II. The arsenal of democracy, I love that. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to. People are falling for it. I, I, what was your World War II joke? Where were you going with that? Sorry to jump on it. I was going nowhere. Oh, okay. We'll get to. Uh, um, 
Greta in a moment. She has the best World War II jokes. Anyway, uh, this argument that supporting Ukraine is actually good for for our economy because we give them old weapons and then we need to build new weapons to replace them. And that stimulates our economy, right, keeps right. jobs here, I think is where he's going with that. I'm not sure that logic holds. I think when a robber breaks into your house. Yes, uh, someone has to fix that window, but I still have to pay for those home repairs. And that's a loss for me. So I, I don't know that just shoveling everything we have into Ukraine because then we have to hire Americans to replace it is uh, is solid reasoning. But if this is this, a dizzying rationale. Do you think people are buying this? They must be. I don't know, man. If so, I, if, if there's an NPC who believes this, I need to witness his programming for myself, because if this isn't evidence that Ukraine is just a massive money laundering slush fund, I don't know what is. How is a Middle Eastern terrorist attack? How does that mean that we have to give money to Ukraine? Because if we don't, Putin is going to run over Ukraine and come to get us. Again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, just observe, no matter what problem strikes the world, the answer is give money to Ukraine. And if that's true, why aren't we seeing solutions based on that theory play out anywhere? We have tried giving Ukraine money to fix a lot of problems. I see those problems persist. And um, I, I have to think that if the answer is always give money to Ukraine, somebody is making money in Ukraine and needs that faucet to run constantly. That's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> but uh, as far as this bill, uh, Biden wants to, there's $106 billion foreign aid package. Some of it is for domestic border stuff, actually. But only $14 billion of that would go to Israel. $61 billion would go to Ukraine. And Biden says that would be a full year's worth of support. So realistically, if we were to pass this, he'll be back next month asking for more because they burned through it really quick. Whatever. It's going to Israel one way or another. So I, I, I don't buy the terms of this package. I, I don't know. I, I think Israel's working for Ukraine at this point, to be honest. That's I, that's <laughs> that's my tinfoil. Uh, <laughs> it's $14 billion for U.S. border security, some of which is just to build housing for illegals who are, of course, waiting. They're waiting for their court dates that they will surely attend. There's $10 billion for humanitarian aid as well. Uh, now, of course, the House can't take this up, this, this bill without a speaker as we'll get to in a little bit. And we're no closer this weekend on that than we were last. But even in the Senate on Friday, Tom Cotton, who works closely with Mitch McConnell, released a statement saying Biden's bill is a non-starter, at least in its current form. I forgot to grab that article. I should have put that up on the screen, but I found his statement to be very interesting because I was thinking maybe Tom Cotton released a statement that said, our country is in shambles. We are in economic ruin. We're not shoveling billions of dollars to foreign countries. What are you talking about? Instead, it took specific issue with specific parts of it. So Tom, Co- uh, Tom Cotton, the primary problem with the bill that he identified is three and a half billion dollars for Gaza and then $12 billion for the Ukrainian government's non-war spending, such as retirement pensions for government employees. And then there's $5 billion for illegal immigrant housing, but I guess my question for Tom Cotton is subtract those things. You still have about $80 billion in this bill for Ukraine and Israel generally. Are you opposed to that on principle? Or is it just that we, you know, we can't, we can't give money to Gaza in particular, which I understand there's a risk. It goes to Hamas, 
it, or, or you want to make sure that Ukraine spends the money in a particular way, not on government employees. No, no, no foreign aid. There, I solved it. We don't have to parse out foreign aid to whichever whichever victim class is the most pressing in our political culture. Uh, yeah. No, no one can have it solved. We're functionally bankrupt. What the fuck is this? You know <laughs> that as soon as they get a new speaker, this will be the first order of business. Of course. So don't tell me it's a non-starter in the Senate because the core... If not this bill specifically, the idea of it will be a primary order of business. I can promise you that. Now, I was confused about this and you were looking into it because Biden also announced on Wednesday, hey, I'm giving 100 million bucks to Gaza and the West Bank, but don't worry, none of it will go to Hamas. And I'm thinking Congress is paralyzed. How are you doing this? Where is your legal authority? Yeah, I don't think that they even have to even have they can just sidestep that. I looked at the White House website today and they were like, well, this money is coming from trusted partners and the U.N. So I assume that they're skirting any regulatory bodies in the U.S. This is why international organizations are so dangerous. Um, but I mean, I, I highly doubt that this money is going to Gaza anyway. Uh, well, it depends how you define Gaza. It's going straight to the rocket fund. I'll guarantee you that. Um, yeah, but, but what the fuck is a trusted partner? Yeah, I mean, the U.N. and the, the trusted partners of the United States will also be uh, giving this humanitarian aid. That's literally all it's saying. Who knows like, I'm gonna who need the hell more that information is. about that. I guess if I'm understanding this correctly, they're they're saying something like this is money from private parties or non-US government parties that the US is simply facilitating the delivery of. That is the way that they made it sound, but they didn't really say that, mm. right? Do you, this is all basically a slush fund, right? I, I can't uh, imagine yeah, that no American funds, no taxpayer funds are going to this cause. They're certainly going to the people who manage the money at bare minimum. But uh, anyway, the real scandal here, among other controversies for the president this week, exactly what in the hell is going on with his chin? Because I, I don't know. It's always looked like a ball sack, though. I, it, these nuts look very swollen, then. I've never observed it like this. This is old man ball chin. Okay. I'm not getting too conspiratorial about this. Well, Biden visited Israel this week and he was speaking with reporters on the plane. And of course, he babbled slowly and incoherently. But that's just normal now. So the bigger cause for concern is why his chin suddenly looks like a saggy sack of nuts. (laughs) Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where large number of people have been victimized and lost. I spoke to people are looking for just something to grab. Something that gives them some sense. sense of hope. Like a little girl whose hair needs sniffing. If I can do a little bit of that, then it's, you know, it's worth doing. Not for me. Okay. Well, he's had some work done. He's had a facelift and some other things and you know, you just keep getting saggier. So your face kind of reshuffles. It probably is that simple. There were uh, claims that Biden's mask, that this is not Biden, that this is someone wearing a mask and the mask is malfunctioning. I I was reading some debunkings of the conspiracy theories about Biden's nutsack chin. And um, I've noticed that at least in the fact checks that I've looked at, they don't really have any counter information. They just say, we looked at it. There's no evidence that the president was wearing a mask. So the the fact check team analyzing the footage concluded the video was, quote, misleading. 
Well, there's nothing in the video that's misleading. Like this is Jack Posobiec posting the video yeah. and saying, holy shit or holy schlit to be specific. <laughs> what the what's misleading about that? Yeah. <laughs> misleading. OK. Uh, in other controversies for the president. Uh, he, he doxed special ops guys this week. Uh, on Wednesday night, the White House posted a photo of Biden and Israel shaking hands with Delta Force operators, as in U.S. Special Forces troops in Israel, but did not blur their faces. The post remained online for hours until the White House deleted it and apologized, saying, quote, uh, as soon as this was brought to our attention, we immediately deleted the photo. We regret the error and any issues this may have caused. As the, I mean, the issues are for... You know, you as the commander in chief, it's not really like issues this caused for someone who saw the post and was offended by it or something like mm-hmm. that. It's it's like this generic apology, like, oh, I'm sorry that you felt that way. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's more about the guys who are at risk of being abducted by Hamas terrorists and then identified on the Internet and, and treated as such. Uh, the De- Department of Defense does have a rule against revealing the men's faces as a general practice, which are usually blurred in any officially released photographs. Okay. Last thing before the top of the hour, and then we'll take some chats. I'll save this uh, stuff about the Biden check until after that. But uh, the real scandal, (laughs) the real scandal, one of the best headlines of the year. Um, So, so (laughs) Greta, Greta Thunberg posted a photo of her and her fellow activists with signs saying they support Palestine and Gaza. And that, of course, is controversial for its own sake. But it's now more, uh, more so because Greta was accused of including a subtle pro-Nazi message in the photo. So observe that tiny stuffed animal over her left shoulder. Headline Daily Mail. Greta Thunberg deletes I stand with Gaza social media post after critics claimed stuffed octopus in photo could be viewed as an anti-Semitic symbol. She says the toy helps her with autism. (laughs) I believe her. So this has become holding it or what? This is now a a fierce battle of who is more autistic. People who see Nazis everywhere or Greta herself. And Greta appears to have lost that battle. (laughs) She deleted the post on Friday. I mentioned at the top of the show, this, um, this form of Nazi propaganda, not something that I was immediately familiar with, but the controversy here is that Nazi Germany apparently used the octopus to symbolize Jewish tentacles capturing the world. Most famous is this one by German cartoonist Josef Planck, which depicts Winston Churchill tentacling on behalf of the Jews, apparently. Bro, this is a deep cut. Have you ever heard of anything like this before? I mean... Well, I kind of feel for her. She's, you know, she's just this spurgy little retard with, you know, uh, what what is it that when your parents drink during pregnancy? Fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, fetal alcohol syndrome. And she's she's been ascended to this godlike status on the left. She just has some retard pillow that helps her cope. She has no idea. I don't don't think that there was uh, any intent on her part here, but she issued a statement clarifying where's her response i had it highlighted i'm totally unfamiliar with this this line of anti-semitic comics 
Well, I did look because okay, I thought, okay, they got the, <laughs> these are comics. They're very collectible. <laughs> Dude, you have issue one of Nazi octopus. I can't believe it. You would have issue one of Nazi octopus. Sam which, Hyde. The time is not. Yeah. Which I was going to ask. I don't make it. I don't mean to make it personal or put you on the spot. But do I recall correctly that there are octopus costumes in your Halloween plans? This year and last year. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Now it all makes, maybe they're onto something. Oh my God. That's the pumpkin you should carve. Oh, that's right. I should. I should do an octopus pumpkin. Thank you. Uh, it's got to be okay. the octopus Nazi, though. Oh, specifically this one from Yosef. What's his name? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, but, no. It has to be the one that Greta Thunberg has. Oh, the stuffed, the stuffed uh, cartoonish the octopus. Yeah. Well, Greta released a statement. She said she deleted the post. She said, it's come to my knowledge that the stuffed animal shown in my earlier post can be interpreted as a symbol for anti-Semitism, which I was completely unaware of. The toy in the picture is a tool often used by autistic people as a way to communicate feelings. We are, of course, against any type of discrimination and condemn anti-Semitism in all forms and shapes. This is non-negotiable. This is why I deleted the last post. Now, to that point, my understanding of this stuffed octopus is that it is reversible. And on the other side, it has a smiley face octopus. She had the sad face out or the angry face, depending on your interpretation. And there is a happy face. And even though I don't think she intended this to be a pro-Nazi thing, it would make sense for someone who who has a problem communicating emotion to have a, a stuffed yeah. animal that is reversible and expresses emotions. That does seem I can't believe I'm sitting here saying, like, go easy on Greta, guys. Uh, but it's so preposterous to think that she was trying to do a Hitler routine here. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I feel bad for her. I mean, the world has taken advantage of her. There was another controversy she- this week where Alicia Keys made a post about paragliding. And she was being dragged for that because paragliding is pro Hamas now. So there's no what? paragliding. They get the whole sport. There's no paragliding. You can't like octopi. So, mm. you know, if you want to see octopi at the zoo or the aquarium, that's out. Everything has been stolen by the Nazis and or Hamas. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe I have it all wrong on Greta because she did come back. She's actually been further radicalized. She had a follow up post in which she put on the headband and now she has the ISIS flag and, and she put the Muslim hat on the octopus. So maybe I've defended Greta a little too aggressively. Oh, man. But uh, She's really androgynous, too. There's just something up with her. Uh, she could. What, what would be the male name for Greta? Greta. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what her when she decides to come out as transgender, what the name will become. I have no idea. But we're at the top of the hour, which means it's a good time to take a break and catch up with our chatters. I have to go to that. Okay, let me read a few on Rumble. Uh, Bladamson, thanks for your support for the show. Wow. Uh, Skag and Tim Poole once made love. Skag slipped his weenus into Tim's tenet. And they effed like bunnies until Tim's beanie fell off. Because if Skag can't get a hit piece, at least he can hit that piece. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, that's disgusting, I have to say. That's disgusting. And uh, But <laughs> seriously, uh, thank you for your support for the show. It is very much appreciated. Uh, and thanks for the kind words about the we project. We love you. You're very special. At least indirectly. So, um, 
yeah, I can't I can't wait to talk about it a little more in detail because I I, uh, I have a, a you know, I, I have a lot of excitement for it. I think it's going to be a really great project with some really great people that uh, is going to give me an opportunity to get um, some more eyes on my stuff. Frankly, it'll be an opportunity to break out of YouTube jail, which I'm very excited for. So uh, coming in just a few weeks. Yako 1977 says the first casualty of war is the truth. The Israel Hamas conflict is no different. 500 people killed at a hospital is greatly exaggerated. A parking lot was hit, not the hospital. 500 did not die. Yeah. And then there was a claim that they hit a church too. That sounds like that was not correct. Uh, the whole hospital thing this week was its own mess. Um, yeah. So it, the, the whole, it, I learned the lesson the hard way. I should have learned it earlier, but when all that stuff was coming out with Ukraine, like the ghost of Kiev, and then there was that whole bit about the Ukrainian soldiers telling the Russian guys to go fuck themselves on that island, when, and then they got bombed or whatever. A lot of propagandistic efforts, and so uh, you have to be you have to be careful taking in any information about these things, which I demonstrated myself when I thought those paragliding videos were legit, and they weren't. But uh, thank you, sir. Ninja Kitten says, honorable mention to iBot for weekly $50 donation on UOBay. Props. Uh, iBot is a, 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 a very much an appreciated supporter of the show, for sure. And uh, as Blonde likes to say, he's he's appreciated not just for his support, but for the fact that he says nothing. He just he shuts nothing. the hell up. <laughs> he gives us money despite my horrible pit stains. Sorry, guys. Do, uh, I had to change clothes. I sweat bullets under these lights, too. So. <sighs> I get it. No, it's a GD pregnancy. I'm so ready for this to be over. Yeah. Uh, Halloween costume suggestion, Matt, Derek Chauvin, blonde, George Floyd's nose. (laughs) There's no costume (laughs) necessary. Uh, the, the costumes have been decided. Uh, I think I have to do, um, blackface, which is something that I think we've agreed. We're definitely going to know. I I did bat face last year. Okay. Bat face and blackface are, are, very different. Things. My face was black, though. Uh, the Halloween costumes have been decided. I think they will not be predictable, but understandable right away. Uh, your package should have arrived, by the way. Did you get it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I didn't think... open it because I forgot, but a random package did arrive to my house. Then it should be that. I, uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Anyway, we'll find out next week. Next week's already the Halloween show. Okay, uh, laughing boy. Imagine going to jail because you thought voters were intelligent enough to get the joke, but the DOJ says nope, and you don't know how <laughs> stupid Democrat voters are. That is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah, it sounds silly, but that is really the, the, the at least a piece of the argument. You're right. Uh, thank you, Nikki nine four one. Another tribute to Blonde for watching that long ass movie. Hey, I watched it too. I it was so credit. long. I broke it into three parts and I still felt like I had to watch it for seven hours. Today. It, uh, it is absurdly long. So anyway, um, thank you, Nikki. We're, uh, we're all set over on rumble. We're good on odyssey. We're good on D live. So let's catch up with YouTube and tippy and get back into the news. Sure. I bought PM. Thank you. Thank you. I oh, hold and more. We love you. You're very special. Ugh. Hi, True Seekers. I guess you're from Appalachia, including a little hike in Tennessee. I like to visit, and I plug it occasionally to my fellow safe spacers flying back. I avoid DVT. <laughs> Have you heard about it? DVT. 
Uh, I have heard about DVT. I'm glad Deep you avoided vein thrombosis. DVT. Thank you. Disturbed 2K7. We must accelerate the war to prevent escalation of war. Yo, how many Americans do you think the Daily Wire is willing to sacrifice to Moloch to protect a foreign country? My bet is all of them. I know. Um, do you know who's been standing firm on this one? Candace Owens. You know, I I, I have seen some of that uh, back and forth. And uh, whatever dispute you may have with the, the Daily Wire hosts, and I fully understand those disputes, and I share those disagreements on a lot of things. I got to say that Candace has lasted longer at the Daily Wire than I ever expected. As soon as the Kanye She's so friendly gonna stuff, get fired. I, I don't thought know for how. sure with the Kanye stuff, but it didn't happen. And now she, at least what I've seen, she has posted plenty of Israel critical things. They're not shutting her up. She's still posting it's, it's them. It's the impervious cloak of blackness. <laughs> That's the key. That's how you get away with it. Yeah, she gets away with a lot of stuff. And then this this whole anti-vax thing, not just in the COVID vaccine. I think that she's able to say and do things that as a white person, I just wouldn't be able to, hmm. but good for her. She's heavily pregnant and she's still, she's still hitting it hard. Um, Boogeyman 917 says, I doubt it. Tortuga. Hey guys. Wednesday. So happy belated birthday, Matt. Saw your most recent video on the cop choker. And I think I'll be needing a, yeah, bitch. Shirt. <laughs> uh, one of the many things I've been talking about for weeks and months is how to revive some, you know, some give the merch a refresh. And uh, when I, as you've probably heard me talk about like, Oh, you know, let's wait a little bit. Cause there's going to be some changes that are going to make some things easier to achieve. And I can do this and that to be, to be transparent about what I've been waiting for. It is this tenant thing. This tenant thing is a major shift in my content is not going to, how much can I say before I get in trouble? Ooh. My content is not going to shift drastically. It's just, this is going to be a new opportunity for a place for it to be. Um, but hopefully it will allow me to have some help with things that I need done that are not easy. Like, you know, basic admin. How can you say that, so many words and say nothing at all? What I'm saying is I, this is going to create opportunity for fun, new things like that, like t-shirt design. And, um, you can say that, right? Yeah, I think I think I can say that until they come. The important get- thing is that you didn't blow it. Early. No, no, none of this. Why, leak- why would I say no? But you know what I mean? <laughs> this this could have gone badly because yeah. you've known about this for a while. So this has been in the works for a long time. Yeah. Uh, could have been a Lauren Southern pregnancy situation. I did. I know. And I will always feel bad uh, for doing that. If people don't remember, I accidentally leaked Lauren Southern's pregnancy on the Wednesday stream because I thought it was public information and it was not. So had to go apologize to her for that. I shouldn't have told you though. Uh, probably, but I should have uh, had the sense not to say that on a on a public stream. So I had to delete it from but the. She replay. also was like, "I'm pregnant. Don't tell anyone." And I was yeah. like, "Tell Skag immediately." Yeah, okay. that is how that played out. So don't tell Blonde your secrets, but don't tell me your secrets either, because I have a habit of saying them on the stream, or at least I did no. once. But as far as this T-shirt, this yeah bitch T-shirt, I don't know if you saw what I posted um, yesterday, but there was this. The latest Black Lives Matter martyr was a guy who was exonerated on a, a armed robbery charge. He was wrongfully convicted in Florida. He got pulled over by a cop for speeding and the the encounter went south. And as the cop is trying to arrest him because he was going 100 plus down the freeway, he decides he doesn't want to be arrested. So he starts choking the cop saying, yeah, bitch, 
yeah, bitch, while choking him. And then the cop shoots him and he dies. And we're still supposed to believe this is racist. Yeah, we're supposed to believe it is a racist Mm -hmm. shooting. (laughs) He he was he repeated. Yeah, bitch, while choking the cop. He was loving every minute of it. What are we supposed to do about this? I'm supposed to be sad. Definitely not. I just I can't believe that someone. Now, can I understand the rage in the moment to want to choke a person? I guess. But oh, yeah. you have to have the foresight to realize that guy has a gun. So if I don't get the gun, if you have the physical strength to be choking him out, you probably could have got the gun. Yeah. But he went for the throat first. And then like, you're not going to win that way. It was just stupid strategy all around. Um, should I do a few more? Should we still yeah, let's get a couple more here. Knuckle hunky buck. Uh, my nose is so big that it's actually affecting the way I'm talking. This is, I, when will this pregnancy be over? You can smell when? me through the internet. Cause I have sweaty it's armpits so, too. It is so bad. I'm just this like fat, sweaty, giant nosed, just, Oh, it's just disgusting. I'm only 27 weeks. I could be pregnant for three and a half more months. <sighs> Knuckle hunky buck. At least Greta. Didn't have a Japanese misuse of a stuffed stuffed octopus. <laughs> Nobody wants to see tentacles steal her dreams and her childhood. Yeah, <laughs> that's disgusting. Agreed. I know that gets a lot more sexual. The Japanese octopi. I know, really. Ryan Spratt. One week of being engaged to the woman of my dreams. Had fun explaining the JFK conspiracy to her last night. I'll make a conspiracist out of her yet. You guys talked about 9-11. Good. Although that's not a conspiracy anymore. No. I'm not even ashamed to admit in my case it was the reverse, though. It was my wife uh, getting me into the, the tinfoil, not the other way around. You know, it's not really tinfoil. Every time I talk to her, she's sounding more and more reasonable. <laughs> I hate the way they use the term conspiracy because most of the things that are conspiracies are just just factually true. Yeah, and and conspiracy, strictly speaking, doesn't really mean like false claim. Um, conspiracy means a plot, you know, a plot to deceive, a plot to achieve something. So that's often, not really what it means colloquially. Though. Yeah, conspiracy has just come to mean like thing that is false, belief right. that is false. Right. Yeah, or like if you believe it, you're a retard. Kaiser yeah. Geller. Thank you for being my sanity safe space during these hard times. My mom passed away two weeks ago. The morning after she passed, I put on your show and started cleaning up the fridge. Again, thank you. Hmm. Oh, thank you so much. We're really sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I uh, all, all the best to you and your family. And, um, you know, as always, anytime somebody can find uh, utility for the show, that's a little more meaningful in your personal life in that way. It's a huge honor. So uh, yeah. all the best to you and your family. Of course, thanks for supporting the show. And we're sorry to hear about your mom. We love you. You're very special. You are very special. Um, my Grundle says the fact that the justice system caves to tantrum throwing. Tantrum. <laughs> Should I read this? I uh, did he mean he, darkies? No, I no. He meant. Um, he meant jogging enthusiasts. Just darks. Is that just <laughs> we're just saying that now? I have not heard that one. Is utterly telling. I was actually confused by this. Uh, yeah, that that one's a new one, but it got. I kind of like Darkies a little better. It's a little cuter. You know? Oh More my adorable god, bro! Moving on. Oh my god, Ryan has this is even worse. Matt, thoughts on using the AI art from this week for a custom body pillow of you? Also unrelated. <laughs> what deodorant do you use? Uh, no, I'm ashamed to admit I. Uh, deodorant is one of those things where I I I should move on to uh 
to a product that is not trying to trans everybody. I just have Old Spice in my drawer. And I know they're hard. Aren't they a product of Procter and Gamble, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Uh, Probably. And so, you know what I need to do? Because I'll admit fault in that. I need to get the people at Hero to make deodorant. And that will free me from supporting the trans propagandists. Well, you shouldn't be using aluminum-based deodorant anyway. I shouldn't be using anything ever, though, you know? Yeah, but what if you smell? Or what if you're pregnant and and you have six-inch depth pit stains 24 cents? You have to use deodorant. Who are these people that don't need to use deodorant? I'm not one of them. I'm a sweaty person, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll circle back. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, very much appreciated. We'll come back to the rest of your chats at the end of the stream. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Moving back into the news, uh, there is another Biden-related controversy this week. But, of course, with all these foreign wars, there's a lot less attention on that ongoing House investigation into Biden family corruption. And the criticism of many of uh, the pieces of evidence that the committee, that being the Oversight Committee, has uncovered and the Ways and Means Committee, too. I forgot that they're working on it as well. But the evidence that's been presented through these congressional committees, the criticism for that evidence has has long been, well, you can't show any direct payments. Sure, you've got X, Y and Z, but you we haven't seen any direct payment to Joe Biden, as though the testimony of Devin Archer saying that Joe Biden was selling the brand that is the Biden name. And the texts of Hunter threatening to uh, punish foreign actors if they don't pay him. He's going to sick his dad on them who's sitting right next to him at the time. And there was that otherwise trusted FBI source reporting that Burisma officials told him that uh, there was Biden family bribery going on, including payment to Joe Biden himself in the form of $5 million as well as his son, Hunter Biden. That all of that evidence is either irrelevant or inadequate you have to show the PayPal, uh, the PayPal transfer that says in the memo for corruption lull. That is the standard. And when that comes out, they're still going to shift the, goal, the goalpost. They'll still say, no, yeah. that was clearly sarcastic. He said lull. Yeah, he said lull. You're right. So, um, but, but perhaps the committee, uh, the oversight committee is close to such a thing because they have released a piece of evidence that is at least different in kind or different in category here. That is to say, it is a payment directly to Joe Biden. Now, is it evidence of corruption or some sort of um, illicit behavior? Well, that's debatable. Uh, but what oversight committee chairman, what the hell? My notes just shifted drastically. I just press, press something. There we go. Oh. Sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. All right. Anyway, oversight. Sorry. I can blame that one on blonde Uh, oversight committee chairman uh, James Comer released a copy of a 2018 check from uh, Joe Biden's brother, James Biden. And this is direct to Joe Biden. Uh, And this check was supposedly for loan repayment. But as Comer explains, there isn't any known, at least he says this now, um, James Biden's lawyer has contradicted this, but Comer says there's no known documentation of such a loan from Joe to James at the time. And this payment comes with suspicious timing, says Comer, right after James Biden got paid by AmeriCorps, a financially struggling hospital operator. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans, quote, based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors 
and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. James Biden wrote this check to Joe Biden as a quote, loan repayment. AmeriCorps, a distressed company, loaned money to James Biden, who then sent it to Joe Biden. Okay. So if this is corruption, the allegation would be that AmeriCorps, which, by the way, I've seen different characterizations of. I've seen characterizations saying AmeriCorps was James Biden's company. I'm not sure what his role with that company, if any, outside of the payment was. Just making that known. But the allegation would be that AmeriCorps needed um, they were in financial distress. So they needed Biden family influence to shore that up. And so they paid Joe through James and dressed all of it up to look like loans instead of corrupt pay for play. Biden defenders insist this is simply exactly what it is supposedly or what it's described as that this is just a record of one family member paying his debt to another. And there's absolutely nothing corrupt about it at all. Both sides of this debate, I think have some outstanding questions to answer though for Comer and Biden critics and people who view this as uh, likely corruption must acknowledge the payment happened in 2018 Biden didn't hold an office at that time. Not that it makes it impossible for him to exercise his influence with other people in office. But if this was pay for play, what office was part of that play would be the question. But he still had tremendous political influence. Yeah, but you're you're allowed to wield political influence so long as it is not um, corrupting an office. You know what I mean? Like you can be a, a, an influential private person who knows people. But if you're if you're corrupting a public office itself for personal enrichment, that's what about uh, the people, you know, well, is that necessarily criminal? Like if you just if you know a lot of people in business and someone says, I want to pay you for access to those people in private business. I don't know that that's necessarily a, a scandal or criminal. What about their political influence, though? Well, yeah, that's the question. If if they're going to people who hold offices that make decisions about these sorts of things and that's how they did it. Yeah. You just have to make the connection of who those people are. Uh, James Biden's lawyer said that the so Comer said that, well, we don't there's no record of of Joe loaning or lending um, loaning. That's a stupid word. Lending. His brother, James, this money. So what's that about? Well, the uh, James Biden's lawyer says the oversight committee, in fact, has bank documents that show the loan that James Biden received from Joe happened in January 2018, two months before this check was written. Is that true? You have to answer that question as well for the um, for the Biden critics. And then uh, I also think the question for the people who who are convinced that this is evidence of corruption we know that the Biden family had all sorts of LLCs and compl- complicated ways of moving money and yeah. concealing the flow of money. Would they really just cut a six figure check to each other when they had all that infrastructure set up already to conceal a lot of this? Again, I'm, this is not me saying I think everything Biden does is above board. I just think that it would be out of character for them to be just cutting personal checks to each other that were pursuant to an obviously corrupt scheme. But if you look at this Burisma stuff, they didn't, they weren't doing a particularly efficient 
job of covering their tracks. I mean, they, they weren't. Yeah. It wasn't that convoluted. I mean, he was using email accounts that were linked directly to him. Yeah, that's true. Now, on the other side of it, for people, the Biden defenders who say this is just it's one family member uh, helping out another family member and then the family that family member paying him back. That's it. There's nothing here. Well, like always, whenever we talk about the Bidens coming into massive quantities of money, you have to ask yourself, just like Hunter Biden with his supposed consultation and non-existent energy expertise with Burisma, what exactly of value did James Biden provide to this hospital operator that would be worth this sort of money? If not, if not that sort of influence that the access. Yeah. And, and why would a financially struggling business be loaning money? It desperately needs Mm -hmm. another question to consider. And if you have some explanation for this other than influence peddling, which is the suspicion of the Bidens, uh, how do you explain AmeriCorps bankruptcy filing? Which says outright, James Biden received hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans from the company on the promise that his last name could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. That's not the oversight committee saying that. That's AmeriCorps in its own bankruptcy court filings saying, yeah, we gave James Biden, excuse me, a bunch of money because we thought that his name would help us fix our financial problems or achieve whatever it is that we need to achieve now. Maybe the if you're a Biden defender, maybe the answer is, yeah, he had all sorts of ways of doing that privately that don't involve his brother or the government in any way and therefore aren't corrupt in the way that Joe Biden has been accused of. But I mean, if James Biden has all these powerful connections to help this company, who is that if not Joe Biden? Who, right. Who's in this club with him? Right. So it it's uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's another piece of, I think, what is uh, a, a fairly compelling web of clues as to the Biden family corruption that, of course, gets almost no coverage or discussion at all. Because we got we got checks to cut to Ukraine in the meantime. But um, you have any uh, any other thoughts on that before we talk about the speaker fight? You have to really suspend disbelief to think that this is just some sort of normal level of nepotism that doesn't involve an international organization of governmental officials that are, you know, doing a paper play. I, I, I mean, people on the left, they, they've got to see this for what it is. I, mean, I don't think nobody, so. They, they no, genuinely, you think that they, they, they genuinely, nothing to see here. The, the Biden, I don't know. I don't believe that. Go through and read the comment section on like a Politico post sometime. See They're being curated though by these people. Could be. Well, speaking of the House, we still have no House Speaker. This week was Jim Jordan's <laughs> turn to fail after Steve Scalise the week prior. There were three votes held on the House floor, first with 20 Republicans voting no, then 22, then 25. So Jim Jordan actually lost ground as the votes progressed. Remember, assuming Democrats are unified in their opposition, no Speaker nominee uh, can lose more than four Republicans and gain the gavel. Mm-hmm. Unlike Steve Scalise last week, Jim Jordan didn't voluntarily withdraw from consideration. He didn't quit. He was ousted by a secret vote among Republican members, 86 supporting Jordan, 112 opposed. So uh, in other words, many Republican members who many of whom had actually supported Jordan just didn't believe he could get the votes. They're voting to move on. And so we're all going to move on. Uh, And this actually comes after 
the eight Republicans who ousted former Speaker McCarthy tried to craft a deal on Jordan's behalf. So remember, at seven of the eight. So this is Matt Gates and company, the, the, the Republicans who voted with Democrats to remove McCarthy a few weeks ago. Well, they went to the holdouts, the Republicans who were refusing to support Jim Jordan and said, yeah, we know you hate Jim Jordan. We know you definitely hate us. But how about this? If you vote to support Jim Jordan, we will allow you to punish us. So they offered to accept their own censure, suspension or removal from the GOP conference. If the Republican holdouts opposing Jordan would support him. So these seven of these eight uh, of these eight people who removed McCarthy um, that the moderate Republicans are annoyed with, they offered to punish themselves in exchange for Jordan getting the office. And that deal did not materialize. Would have been interesting to watch, but didn't happen. So now we have a new round of candidates with a candidate forum scheduled for tomorrow. And the House Republicans will pick a third nominee and we'll try it all over again. There are seven declared candidates as of today's noon Eastern deadline. They are Jack Bergman of Michigan, Byron Donalds of Florida, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Austin Scott of Georgia, and Pete Sessions of Texas. Now, if I didn't know ahead of time and you just read me those names, I'm not sure I would correctly identify them as members of Congress with the one exception being Byron Donalds. That's the only name. Pete Sessions. Yeah, I guess maybe I would have known that one. Although I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. All I can remember is that he looks like Mike Pence. The only reason I know the name Kevin Hearn is because when there was the Mike McCarthy uh, battle back in January or February, whenever that was, when he was trying to get speaker, uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale, who was formerly my representative until we split Montana into two districts, but now he represents the Eastern District. Anyway, he was one of the holdouts against McCarthy, and he walked up to the microphone and (laughs) to troll he said, I'm supporting Kevin Hearn. And he was, you know, getting everybody to think he was going to support McCarthy, but he, he was not. And that's how I know the name Kevin Hearn. It's just because of Matt Rosendale's bit. Truly. And then Byron Donalds is black. That's all I know about him. Well, can he? Yeah. Can he peel off some uh, Democrat minority sympathetic votes? I, I doubt it, though. He's the wrong kind of black ass. guy. Yeah. So what a mess. I guess we're going with the strategy that anonymity is an asset. Maybe there's that being the unknown is a positive. Um, but this is what I hate about the logic. The swing district Republicans, a lot of these people who oppose Jim Jordan, whether they have a personal beef with him or not, the reasoning a lot of the time is Jim Jordan is just too hard line. He's too extreme. And I have to think about my electoral prospects when I go back to my swing district and I'll never be able to explain how I supported extremist Jim Jordan. Meanwhile, supposed moderate Democrats in swing districts will line up no questions asked for Nancy Pelosi or whatever actual communist they nominate for their speaker. They don't care. They get right in line and... You know, I I understand normally I'm not one to say like, you shut up, you get in line, you do as you're told. But all I'm saying is in this case, Democrats, what I admire about them is they're they're not afraid. Okay. Democrats are not afraid to go back to even their vulnerable district and say, yeah, I voted for Nancy Pelosi. So the hell what? Yeah. Make a decision, be decisive and be prepared to defend it. That's my problem with these squishy Republicans. It's not like a do as you're told thing. It's just like. Be decisive and don't be afraid to explain to people why you made the decision that you did. 
I think is that the perception of Jim Jordan though? Why? Well, among what, like what non- hardline re- stance has he really taken? He he's a he's a he's a MAGA extremist. You know, he's a he's a Trump. He's a he's a Trump guy. He's uh what's what is what is what's Biden's term for them? I forgot. Mega MAGA or whatever. That's that's what he is. Yeah. I don't know because you have to think that the average conservative is looking at him and going, um, "I'm sick of this constitutional conservative nonsense." Well, like I look I'm at him not, and I'm like, "You I are like, not extreme enough." <laughs> <laughs> Ultra MAGA is I what know. I was thinking of. That's what he is. Ultra MAGA. That's yeah. right. But uh, okay, where this got very entertaining is the claim that Jordan's opponents, those 20 or so Republican holdouts, were receiving hateful messages and death threats as part of the campaign to convince them. Now, many of these were just generic accusations without a copy of the message provided. For example, Marionette Miller Meeks of Iowa said she, quote, received credible death threats and a barrage of threatening calls. Drew Ferguson of Georgia also said he received credible death threats. Ken Buck of Colorado said the landlord of one of his offices is terminating his lease because of his vote against Jim Jordan. Nick Lalata of New York shared a social media post from an individual stating, go fuck yourself and die. Now, my question for him is, have you ever been on the Internet before? Because you can tweet a picture yeah, really, of a kitten. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Someone will reply, go fuck yourself and die. That's probably <laughs> half the posts on Twitter. It's just that. Others say they received mean calls with profanity. Now, Capitol Police have no comment on the reported threats. Now, you could interpret that to mean either there's no no comment because it's an ongoing investigation or maybe there's no comment because there aren't really threats or the claims were overstated. I think a lot of this could be just congressional hoax hate. They want to make themselves victims. So here they are. Uh, Hearing from angry constituents though is not mistreatment that's part of the job you you aren't victimized by a caller's meanness in many cases you deserve it politicians should have a healthy fear of the citizens that is the intent so that's not a defensive you know incitement or death threats obviously uh, but i just haven't seen evidence of any with the one exception of the the recorded voicemail that cnn got a copy of So originally, CNN said this voicemail was sent to the wife of a Republican congressman who opposed Jordan. It was just anonymous. They weren't revealing who that was. Well, now it's revealed to be Don Bacon of Nebraska. Here is the voicemail to Bacon's wife that CNN published, caller unidentified. Well, it got pretty ugly, and we have some exclusive audio right now of a threatening message that was left as a voicemail for the wife of one of the Republican lawmakers who opposes Jordan. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an asshole of himself? Because he's a deep state prick? Because he doesn't represent the people? So what we're going to do is we're going to come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. We're going to do what the left does because you're of a husband. Oh, the bad guys, they did so. I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of shit you your husband we we're not like the left we aren't violent but we're gonna follow your ass every appointment you have everything you can do your husband's an asshole you should talk to his stupid ass he's a warmongering piece of shit you will not be left alone because your husband jim jordan or more conservative or you're gonna be molested 
like you can't ever imagine. Nonviolently. And you must be a bitch to marry a ugly mother like that. That's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. That is disgusting. No member deserves that kind of treatment from any constituent. Come on. Yes, they do. They're lucky they're not getting TNF'd. They're uh, like, yeah. Ooh, someone called me and left a mean voicemail saying they're going to nonviolently molest me. Now, I will clarify that was left for the wife of the congressman, which I do think is is out of bounds. He's right. She must but... be some kind of dumb bitch to have married him. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as the content, um, if this was a voicemail left at the office of a member of Congress, is that a threat? No. I mean, he says he's going to apply pressure nonviolently in public places. Yeah. In other words, that's lobbying a member of Congress. And maybe we could do Maybe we could say you shouldn't do that anytime. For instance, the people yelling at Ted Cruz in a restaurant X amount of years ago. But he's not saying I'm going to come punch you in the face. He's saying I'm going to bother you in a public place. We can have disputes with that. I'm also going to acknowledge this is more morally correct than than Maxine Waters getting up using her oh, yeah. office to totally. encourage people to go scream at people in public. This even if this example does go too far, we as citizens ought to have more of a spirit to pressure our politicians in these way in, in this sort of way and make them have a healthy respect for us, a healthy fear of us. Uh, and, and if meanness and profaneness are, are profanity, profane, is that is profaneness yeah, I, a word? Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Is, is what, yeah, but but all things considered, this is a, a really adorable way to push back at their tyranny. It's very and kind. Treason. It's really, really kind. Like the fact that it hasn't escalated beyond this, to like pulling people out of their beds and things like that. They should really be looking at this and be like, all right, maybe we should take this seriously before we get to, okay, bucko or whatever. <laughs> is the one, is the one before close. Yeah. yeah, fundamentally, I am tired of these people acting like they need protection from us. We need protection from them. That is the nature of the Constitution itself. That is the principle yeah. on which our country is founded. Yep. Speaking exactly. of first principles, the First Amendment, going to get some consideration at the Supreme Court. Uh, recall the ongoing case of Missouri versus Biden. This is a case that was brought by attorneys general, the attorneys general of um Missouri and Louisiana about the Biden administration. What? Attorneys general. It's correct. Like, yes. Love it when people say that. It's just ah. attorney general for grammar. You know, no nope. attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana about the Biden administration coordinating with social media companies to censor and control information and viewpoints on social media. Uh, this was the case uh, about the federal government or this is it's still ongoing. The federal government outsourcing its censorship to sidestep the First Amendment. So um, if the White House works with Facebook and Twitter and YouTube uh, to to delete your post or to control information under the guise that Facebook and YouTube and Twitter are just private actors. Well, that has massive free speech implications, given that the course, Internet yeah. is now where the most important, consequential, impactful speech exists. Through this case, we've learned uh, of dedicated communications portals between the White House and social media platforms for flagging posts. Remember early in Jen Psaki's tenure as speaker, she outright said that at the podium. We're flagging posts for Facebook about COVID misinformation so they know what to take down. And that was presented as, oh, you know, you're misunderstanding what she means. Well, that's exactly what they that's were exactly doing. Exactly what she, yeah. They had direct communications portals 
for the White House to say, here's a here's a piece of covid misinformation. Could you please handle it for us? We've seen requests to censor specific people. The White House had what was called the dirty dozen of mm-hmm. misinformation. Was it on covid on that, too? I can't remember But they were talking. It wasn't just you can't say this thing. They wanted specific people punished and censored. Well, Alex Berenson was one of them, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's I forgot. Alex Berenson, I have a lot of respect for his his covid work, um, but I, he, he remains committed to like the Biden was better view, at least last that I've that I've seen. So this was a guy Normally who was, it's the opposite. It's like uh, people have no clarity on the covid thing, but everywhere else there, you know, they show some semblance. Yeah, he kind of was the opposite, but he was the opposite. Yeah, just he, full retard on all sorts of things. But on covid, he was just he could not have been more right. I think he did get. Or somebody in his family got vaccinated. Ooh, I don't want to say that. I don't Maybe remember. I'm wrong. I, don't, I don't know. Was he fully anti-vax, like from the jump? As far as I recall, he had he had a lot of very high quality work on COVID. I say that with, with full really respect did. for it. So I don't want to be did, I don't yeah. want to be understood to mean I'm trying to savage the guy. But my understanding on him was he was personally censored by the Biden administration, and then has said things to the effect of, "Well, I still would rather have President Biden over Trump." Like that guy tried to That's ruin retarded. your career and silence your voice yeah. and you still say but trump yeah anyway maybe well, he's had a, it runs deep yeah maybe he's had a change of heart i i should i don't want to mischaracterize if he said something otherwise in the meantime but so we, we've also learned that there were frequent meetings between government agencies and social media companies to discuss information control among other findings recall back in july this is the case that district court judge uh, or a district court judge in louisiana um said he said that the Biden administration's efforts were quote, the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. And Abe Lincoln was like, now hold on a minute. Anyway, uh, he, he, uh, issued an order banning any contacts between executive agencies and social media companies as well. That ruling was affirmed by an appeals court in new Orleans in September, though the scope of the order preventing the meetings was narrowed to free up some certain specific individuals that were named and to block only meetings to discuss content moderation specifically. Well, now Mm -hmm. the Supreme court has agreed to hear the case. They announced this on Friday. The Supreme court did stay that ruling on Biden administration, social media company meetings, meaning those can now resume, but the Supreme court will hear the case to decide boundaries between private actors policing speech themselves and first amendment violating government intrusion. Thomas Alito and Gorsuch publicly dissented in a separate opinion, opposing the decision to terminate the injunction as in to allow Biden and company to meet with social media companies for content moderation. Again, Uh, presumably I haven't seen anything about scheduling, but I would assume this means the court will hear the case as part of its current term, which Hmm. began at the start of this month. We'll continue. They'll continue hearing cases through the end of April. And uh, when we ultimately get the decision, I guess next summer would be what I would expect uh, that Biden has behaved once again in an unconstitutional fashion, this time exerting white house influence on social media companies to delete your posts. Will he quit doing that? Or will he just strategize around it? Because (laughs) recall Uh, OSHA vaccine ruled unconstitutionally. He's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. whoops. They already got vaccinated anyway. COVID eviction moratorium ruled unconstitutional. He kept doing it anyway, at least for a few months. 
Student debt bailout, most recently ruled unconstitutional. Now he has discovered an alternate legal authority to do some of that anyway. Point here is, even though I'm glad the Supreme Court has agreed to take this case, because I think this is uh, a, a, this has massive impl- implications for how speech on the Internet is going to be handled. And of course, we'll talk about the impact of free speech. It's no longer just at the town square, your discussion at the water cooler. It's about how speech is handled on the internet. It's a hugely meaningful case for that reason, but the Supreme court doesn't have a police force. You know, the the Supreme court doesn't send troops over to the white house to stop them from doing unconstitutional things. The Supreme court just writes down on a piece of paper on a piece of paper that this was unconstitutional. So cut that shit out. Yeah. And then Biden laughs in their face and says, no, he's the defender of freedom in the constitution in this country. Right. Point uh, it's, is, it's the age old discussion. I mean, do, do these even matter? Do these um, these judgments even matter if they're not being enforced? No, we need more angry voicemails. We have to be the teeth. Yeah. And of course, we need lots of. Harsh criticism on Internet shows as well, nonviolently like that, like that caller clarify. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, we'll molest you. We we will molest you, Joe Biden, like you have never molested a little girl ever before <laughs> if you don't cut this shit out. And it, it's, it, this is another thing where it's like, how how is this not, especially when this decision comes down? If this comes down the way it probably will, that Biden has been unconstitutionally censoring Americans for the majority of a term at this point. We're just going to act like, oh, you know, he was trying to do the right thing and it got a little out of hand. This is a president on a mass scale violating the First Amendment in our Bill of Rights. So we're just going to act like it's not that big of a story or that, you know, it, it it was at some level normal behavior that has been mischaracterized or something. This should be one of the oh, yeah. biggest stories no, no in the country. And any claim by this guy that he is the one protecting your constitutional rights ought to be laughed at every time he says it. But, Do you think people on the left care about the integrity of their constitutional rights? They're so far beyond that. Only strategically. It, it's like everything else. They they care yeah. only insofar as it benefits them and or hurts their opposition. They don't care mm-hmm. about free speech for its own sake. They care about it to protect their own viewpoints. Uh, or if there's some way to use it to harm those who oppose them, the, you know, generally yeah. for a free speech thing, there isn't. They become censorship advocates at that point. Anyway, holy cow, time is escaping me. We got to get to the hoax. Hey, you ready? I'm ready. All right. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. What am I doing? Now I'm distracted. In the trending news on the side of this report, there's some sort of new Bigfoot sighting. I, I need to click that and read no. it. <laughs> That's much more important. <laughs> I guess I'll stick to the news we're supposed to talk about. The <laughs> hateful Halloween decorations continue in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Willis Chambers and his family live across the street from another family who created a Halloween display of bagged bodies hanging from trees. And of course, Chambers views this uh, as a threat to his family of color. 
This display is supposed to be Halloween decorations, but for neighbors on this street and in the town, that is not what they saw. The decorations are garbage bags <laughs> that resemble bodies hanging from trees with rope. Willis Chambers and his family live across the street and say they were shocked when they first saw it. It's a silhouette of a black man hanging out of a tree. Chantel Chambers says law enforcement was called to ask them to take it down. It wasn't until Monday evening when she says City Councilman David Leach spoke with the homeowners. They started to take down the display. They took the hanging bodies out of the tree, but they still left up the uh, person standing up with the hood and the noose in his hand and uh, different things like that. Prior to this, the chambers say they have had a few disputes with the homeowners since last Thanksgiving. Many times they've had the cops called on them and say each time there was no substance to the complaint. Willis says for the safety of him and his family, he just wants it to stop. We just want this particular situation to stop being harassed by the neighbors and have to endure this type of uh, stuff. My grandkids, my my daughter, my wife having to see this kind of uh, just outlandish uh, type of racism that they're trying to ex express in my view. I'm supposed to believe that the black guy in the neighborhood is uh, not a threat in the neighborhood. Like, come on. Although I will give <laughs> that's him some an credit. accusation. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I'll give him credit, though. He's like a part of it, an active member of his nuclear family. So, OK, good. Good for you, black guy. He's there with his, his whole family. Well, good how does he know it's a silhouette of a black man hanging from a tree? They're in a bag. How do you know? Is it because the bag is black? What if the bag was white? Yeah, there's a black man in that white bag. Now, I am going to speculate the motive here is just pettiness with uh, an existing neighborly dispute. They, so they said that they have like previous unfounded yeah. uh, police police reports filed. There's like no that. GoFundMe. It's not like a cash in type hoax hate. Uh, but they they did note in the report there's been there about a year. There's for about a year. There's been an ongoing dispute with these neighbors with uh, un, unrelated things. And there have been several calls to the police that haven't resulted in charges or convictions or anything like that. But I just wonder what the nature of this so ongoing petty. dispute is. And yeah, am I supposed to believe he's actually offended or bothered or does he see Halloween? No, it's probably some stupid property line thing or whatever. It's like, ooh, this I can just get petty them. nonsense. I can get, I can them, get yeah. them with this uh, this racism angle. Well, uh, I guess you should have gone to the Michigan State Michigan football game over the weekend because they put old Uncle A up on the stadium scoreboard. <laughs> Uh, this was Saturday, yesterday, the college football game between Michigan and Michigan State. The image of Adolf Hitler appeared on the scoreboard at Spartan Stadium. This was part of a pregame trivia display, which is handled by a third party, not the team or the, the stadium. It was a trivia question about Hitler's place of birth, and everyone got very upset about it. So Michigan State. That's it? Yeah, it's like, where was Hitler born? Answer, Austria. You can see it on the screen there. And they had a picture of Hitler. And this was a, a very offensive thing for certain people in that audience. Michigan State issued a statement. We are deeply sorry for the content that was displayed, as this is not representative of our institutional values. Michigan State University will not be using the third party source going forward and will implement stronger screening and approval procedures for all video board content in the future. So okay, uh, it's just a picture of Hitler. I know. And it's pretty can, neutral. And it's a, just a question about a fact of history. But 
as you can see, this this was either well before the game started or the Michigan State football team is terrible, which they are, or both. But there was basically nobody in the stands. The place is empty, and there's a picture of Hitler up on the board. <laughs> I didn't notice that. But I guess now there's no paragliding. There are no octopi. Mm-hmm. And you can't ask questions. You can't ask biographical questions about historical figures. Or at least the wrong historical figures can't be part of trivia games anymore. Anyway, welcome to modernity. Everything's so lame now. There's just no fun. No fun to (laughs) be The trivia should have been, was Hitler cool? Answer, yes. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why didn't they they do that? And then when they say, well, do you have an apology to issue? Go fuck yourself. Then, yeah, how about that? Yeah. Take me back to the 90s. <laughs> Aren't you grateful uh, that we grew up in the in the 90s? Uh, you, for a bunch of reasons, I'm grateful not to grow up currently. I think the culture has rotted significantly, but also just because pre-internet, all your youthful idiocy was not recorded on the internet. Now, some might say, who cares? Your adult idiocy is all over the internet, and there is some truth to That's that. That's true. Yeah. But at least, um, at least I didn't post... You know, my worst stuff when I was uh, a young person of a non-developed mind. It's not just that. We had to find ways to entertain ourselves yeah. sans internet. Yeah. Which I think made us all better, more well-rounded people. I don't know. I, I, fe- I fear for this generation that has to deal with this. Well, maybe that's what got Jesse Smollett. Although he's like our age, isn't he? He's not younger. Anyway, that was an attempt at Jesse a, Smollett our age. I, I I think he's about our age. Let me look it up. I Black tried to, crack. He could be like sixty. I have no clue. I tried to transition that story, but what's going on with Jesse Smollett, whose appeal is still ongoing? You already told the whole story. That's it. Okay, you, you just told the rest of it. His appeal's ongoing, and he's entered an outpatient rehab. Um, but he hasn't said like what drug he's addicted to, or really talked about his history of drug use. Except he did say he did drugs with the Awesome Dyro Brothers. So. Uh. I don't know. I assume it was some, what, what do homos do? Do they like put ketamine in their beeholes or? Something? I don't know. Believe it or not, <laughs> contrary to what the chat would have you believe, I have no idea what sort of drug aids for homosexual I'm the one with AIDS. I should know. I should know this. I guess um, I shouldn't make jokes about, I shouldn't say AIDS at all in this context. It, it's too soon. Um, no, I think that they do like crystal meth. And ketamine and poppers. I'll okay. I'll accept that. I'll believe that. Okay. Thanks. Sounds right thanks, to guys. me. Thanks, live chat. You helped me. You helped me out. Anyway, that was the whole story that somehow you managed to tell in its entirety twice before we even got to the segment. So Jesse awesome. Smollett going to rehab for undisclosed mysterious reasons. Make your own guess about what's going on. Jesse Smollett has released a statement, though. I am not suicidal. So don't worry about okay, him bud. in the okay, okay, little guy in the uh, rehab center. I'm always worried about Jesse, aren't you? I just lay awake at night worried about Jesse Smollett. He's 41, by the way. He's a little older. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Black don't crack. Yeah. Okay, time to talk about the four-hour movie. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one, one man. We'll finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. Tonight's movie review is the 1939 classic film Gone with the Wind. 
in which Discount Dorothy sluts it up all Civil War long and gets all her husbands and children killed, except the only man with enough sense to walk away. Sorry to reveal my thoughts about this movie, but I'm, I doubt you're surprised. Uh, from movie picker, the evolutionary conservative, an epic classic that looks at the South's final days before, during and post civil war. It's probably best to watch the film in two sessions using the intermission as a break. I love how unapologetic the film is as it attempts to recreate a time long past. It is the highest grossing film of all time by a significant margin when ticket prices are adjusted for inflation. Now, if there is anything I am very thankful for about watching this movie, it's the AI art from Jamie and Jeannie. Uh, Blonde's pie ass has intensified. This is peak pie ass right here. Bro, that's not far off these days. That is Aunt, uh, Aunt Jemima pie ass is what you've achieved. Dude, so that's what I would look like if I were Lizzo. <laughs> Why do you uh, look so svelte? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess that's what I would look like if I were a musketeer or something like that. I there's saw also that today. Um, I must have laughed for ten minutes. This one's a, a less offensive. There's you uh, a, a, if you were painted in the style of Scarlett O'Hara. That one's oh. a little more flattering, I would say. Uh, oh boy! But Everyone's gonna hate us for this. I don't care. No, I I I didn't back down on Citizen Kane. I'm definitely not backing down on this. Okay, so this is a beloved film. Um, it was really hard for me to care about. I don't know. I tried to keep in mind that it is an American epic and it was filmed in 1938, but it felt like this was 40 hours long. Like I, I I only had an hour and a half left in it when I was started watching it today. And I feel like I was just watching it forever. Um, Okay. So I understand the appeal of having a flawed protagonist. We sympathize with their deficiencies. You can't have a perfect protagonist, but Scarlett O'Hare is, is just like, she's an irredeemable bitch like irredeemable and outside of her impeccable fashion taste. Um, I was almost completely unable to find any admirable qualities in her that I could lean into that would make the movie less boring, right? She's totally vacuous. And then every time she has some sort of character development, she just, she just falls back into her, her previous patterns of, of being childlike. I mean, I, maybe it was some commentary on like, on, on being a superficial woman and, and things like, but she had all these opportunities for real character growth. And every time I'd be like, ha ha, it would disappear. And then at the end, like I'm supposed to believe that there was this big character growth because she finally realized that she loved Rhett and everything like that. Thank God for Clark Gable, right? This movie would have just sucked so much. I don't know that I even would have been able to finish it if it wasn't for Clark Gable. Um, He's the real hero. He's like the voice of reason. Um, and even he got caught in her web. I know it was a different time and it was a different era of storytelling. And perhaps it's my deficiency in attention span no. and distaste for no. melodrama. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's something wrong with me. I, I just hate it. I hated it. I gave it a two out of five. I know it's a great American classic, but I just felt like she was such an unlikable protagonist that I didn't give a damn. I'm sure you wrote that in your review. Yeah. Was that yeah, the headline of your review? No, no. Was, but, it's, you know, it's the easy. Yeah. Just like Rhett, I don't give a damn either. Yeah. I know. She was just the worst. She was just such a nasty bitch. Like that thing she did to her, to her sister. Like, oh, I just, I hate you. 
I just hate you. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty similar on this. I, uh, before I get into it, I don't, I don't hate it quite as much as I hated the likes of citizen Kane. What? This one, um, there are, I, I can see some enjoyable pieces with it. In fact, I'll discuss several of them. Um, I think the people that, that claim to like this movie aren't the dirty, rotten liars that the cane lickers are. The cane lickers are like the people who say they like IPAs. They're not serious. They're just aiming for <laughs> for social points. No, I, uh, I love Citizen Kane. I couldn't. I could barely get through this. All right. Well, that's enough of the lies. Uh, what I like about this movie is is really just kind of its its broadest theme, and that is that it's not a common look at the Civil War. Uh, Confederates today, they're viewed right up there with Nazis on the hierarchy of unacceptables. And the reality is, as we talked about with, with, uh, razor fist a few months ago, the South, yeah, obviously this is not to argue in favor of slavery, but the South was not as simple as the presentation. They just hated black people. It's not about that. Okay. The South, like. The South had its own lifestyle. The South had its own reasons for fighting in the war. And by the way, the worry about an overreaching federal government that the South had, we still have many problems with that, even if it's Mm -hmm. good that slavery is no longer an institution. So it's really that central premise of Gone with the Wind that I can appreciate. Um, That this is an era that that is gone with the wind, and, and maybe we ought to reflect a little bit more on what this era was rather than demonize it and try to erase it from our concept of history. And I think it's interesting that the further away we get from this era, the more hostile we become gone with the wind was made under a century after the actual war that killed and maimed hundreds of thousands of men. It was made under a century after that actually happened. And yet we still had a country that was willing to entertain a Southern sympathetic, a Southern promotional movie and make it, the most successful movie of all time by some metrics. Now we're almost a hundred, hundred years removed from that. And we hate the South more. Like, shouldn't we, shouldn't we become less emotionally bothered by the South? The further away we get from, from yeah. that war. Instead, we yeah, hate yeah. them more today than this movie. Than ever. I know it's cliche. You say things like this all the time, but this movie genuinely could not be made today. A South sympathetic movie would not get picked up by studios. If it was made audiences would boycott it as hateful. Yep. One other thing I like, uh, the deaths, they were unintentionally fantastic, but Holy shit. Were the deaths funny? The union deserter getting shot in the face. And then the, the, the almost identical deaths of Scarlett's dad and daughter falling off the horses. And oh, it must've d- daughter when I was like, it must have been that they didn't really have stunt doubles back then because it looks like they just put dummies on the horses because their bodies were already limp before the horse even jumped. Like if you got yeah. bucked off a horse, you would have some reaction to that. You would you would kind of flail or you you would try to adjust your body to minimize the impact on the ground. They just launch like limp human missiles off of the horses. And it's so funny. And the, the best one is the death of a different sort. And that's Scarlet's fall down the stairs that causes the miscarriage. The completely fake attempted oh. hit on Rhett and the screaming and the thuds. And I, I had to watch it. I, I rewound. I thought the past tense was rewinded through writing this. I learned it's rewound, but I rewound three times to watch it. And then my dad came over and I watched it twice more because it was so funny. 
If only the movie was half as long and Scarlet fell down the stairs at least twice as much, there might be some salvageable entertainment. I can appreciate that she does get what she fucking deserves to to borrow yeah. the, the Joker yeah. line. Uh, I understand you're not supposed to like Scarlet. You're supposed to see her flaws. And in the end, uh, this is not a woman who is rewarded for her misplaced values, for her strategizing around other people, for not rewarding the man who loves her, all of that. In the end, everybody she loves dies. Um, she ends up old and alone. It's kind of a great message there. Like, You know, she was only 28. At the time of Rhett's abandonment of her? Yeah. Well, I mean, in also moments- that actress was supposed to be like 18 in the beginning, but she lived through hmm. the reconstruction era. So that had to be, that had to be like 10 years. So, but, but she looked like she was 40. And so I had to look her up. She was only 26 at the time of filming. Well, if you're 28 in uh, 18, in the 1860s, if you're a 28 year old woman, you're basically a grandma. Yeah. yeah. The fire scene was actually really impressive too. When they're, when they're mm-hmm. fleeing the burning Atlanta. And I thought, wow, especially when that big building collapses, that looks really convincing. So I had to look it up. It's convincing because it's real. They actually, that was the first scene filmed in the movie. They did it by uh, gathering up all their old sets, including the old King Kong set, mm. soaking it in kerosene, lighting the whole thing on fire. So the results were were pretty impressive. Now, as far as what I didn't like, I mean, uh, there are a lot of the same points that you had identified, but there's just not enough civil war and too much soap opera. While I appreciate this uncommon perspective on the civil war, the Civil War is really a, a footnote to the plot, or at least relevant only insofar as it affects Scarlet's love life, which is the actual focus of the movie. If I saw more of the struggle of the men in Scarlet's life about what they endured in the war and what they were actually accomplishing and, and all those things, less of her catty strategizing over them, I might care what man she yeah. gets, if any. Yeah. This is it's just a soap opera that has some amputation and a rapey Yankee guy and a Gettysburg reference in passing. I know there's more of the Civil War than just that, but you get the point. It's not a Civil War movie. It's a whiny harpy movie that just so happens to be in that era. Um, Prissy, the, the, the slave girl Prissy. Holy shit. Is she the one with the high pitched voice? Jesus. Christ. Like, I can't even understand what How? you're saying. I just put subtitles on, not just because... She- Never mind. The scene where they're kind of back and forth, but Scarlet actually slaps her. That was the only time. But those two going back and forth is like, I can't. This is ear blood. I can't listen to you guys. Yeah. Uh, And then this isn't a fault in the movie, but it is just a source of annoyance that I had in watching it. So I didn't deduct wikis for this, but uh, wherever you watched it, did you get a disclaimer or a warning? I did. It was the ugliest black woman I've ever seen talking about how this was a different time. Oh, there, it was whatever. a video one. It was a video one. Yeah. I didn't get that. Where did you watch it? HBO. Huh. Um, but I thought that the 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 presentation of black people was was really positive. Like the only sensible person for the entire first four scenes was Mammy. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the the presentation. So I just got a text one that says Gone with the Wind is a product of its time and depicts racial and ethnic prejudices and stereotypes. It was wrong then and it's wrong now. And I'm thinking like, well, holy shit, I must be in for like some serious whipping or like some major N-word dropping or what? What am I going to get? Yeah. And then it was a false yeah. alarm. I didn't even hear one N-word unless I missed it or got a censored version or something. And like you said, it's not just that the black characters were treated well. It's that they were presented positively. There was no black right. character that's like, oh, what a piece of shit that guy is. 
Uh, yeah, it was confounding. I, yeah. But then I was reading about it. The reason that it's offensive is because it it whitewashes slavery. That's the criticism. It, the, it's not harsh. It, it doesn't show it as harsh as it was. So if you were to show this with all of the uh, plantation people aggressively uh, whipping their slaves, well, then that would be criticized for its presentation of cruelty. If, however, you show a positive relationship between the plantation owners and the slaves who worked the plantation, and even the slaves themselves are presented in a positive light, well, that's mischaracterizing the abuse. The theme here is you can't win. That's the point. Uh, but I just, I, it was such a tease. I thought, man, I'm, this is going to be hardcore if they have to tell me how bad it is. And then it just wasn't. There was nothing about it that was particularly offensive. Anyway, I I came down right where you did. I gave it a two out of five wiki rating. It's definitely a no for me, dog. Cut the movie in half. Make Scarlet fall down the stairs twice as much. Then there's a movie. But uh, and like you said, just like Rhett, I don't give a damn. That's that's what I want. Okay, huh. I knew uh, it. I knew you're gonna do. I it. did. I I swear to God. I, uh, uh, under penalty of perjury, if I can swear such an oath right now, I didn't skip a scene. I didn't use fast forward. I didn't use two X playback speed. I watched the full four hour thing. The only thing I skipped was the intermission and the musical introduction. That was it. I fell asleep. (laughs) How far did you make it till you fell asleep? Like three and three hours. That's a Titanic run. You made it all the way through Titanic over three days. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as far as the audience rating, uh, the early vote here, actually very split. You got roughly a quarter of people giving it a five, roughly a fifth of people giving it a three, another fifth giving it a two, another fifth giving it a four. The people are all over. This is not a universally loved movie, at least in the early vote there. Next week, we have Kingsman, the Secret Service. I know nothing about it. It's a British movie of some kind, some kind of action movie, some kind of spy movie. That's all I know. After that, we have a fresh list of nominations from listener Alex M. Those are Memento, Equilibrium, Scarface, The Hateful Eight, Baby Driver, Harsh Times, In the Mouth of Madness, Arlington Road, or of course, you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie. Instead... And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my weekly movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and, of course, on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com and or mattis.gay. Let's get back into our chatters. Uh, I can pick up on Rumble here. Oh, I think we're good on Rumble, actually. Unless my Rumble feed turned off again. If it did, I apologize. But it, for me, it looks like Rumble's good. So if I missed any Rumble chats, of course, you're welcome to email me. And uh, I will I will happily take care of that and refund your money. Because sometimes this Rumble feed doesn't quite work as planned. But, you know, all the many wheels of the... All the many hamster wheels have to turn... With, uh, you know, with synchronization for this operation to run. Looks like we're good on uh, DLive and we're good on Odyssey. Thank you guys over there. So we'll pick up back where we left off on YouTube and Tippy, which according to my record. Is chimp in a bow tie. Yeah, that's what I have. 
Are we forgetting that medical examiner testified in court that Floyd died of an overdose, no evidence of choking or asphyxiation. The DA didn't like the results, so they did another autopsy. Yes, he's going to die in jail. Chauvin? Mm. Maybe. Uh, he used, what, like 40 and he got like a 20, he's 40 or 50, something like that. And he got a yeah. 20, 20 year sentence. 27 years, I think. Something like that. He might get out, but mm. yeah, I mean, to, to me, um, that story, that documentation that Tucker revealed, it's not, it's not the, uh, the lack of trauma to the neck or the drugs that Floyd had in his system. It's the fact that the medical examiner was saying in private communication, apparently, what do we do when we know this is bullshit, but the public demands a certain narrative and we're going to face consequences if we don't uphold it. If it's true yeah. that he was saying that, I mean, yeah. That that is an admission to taking a lie to court or whatever other official business he had later. That is uh, incredibly damning if that's accurate. Yeah. And if there's any documentation to that effect, like I said, an email or like a voicemail or, or something to show that he said that, that would be very compelling. I, we would never see it ever. Um, Matt Grendel. I used to think the taxation is theft types were fringe weirdos. I don't anymore. <laughs> Um, Bain Coop. Mackie got convicted because he made a fake website in addition to memes. I don't know. I think it was the the bulk of the case was focused on that specific meme. I'll have to reread the complaint because I don't recall the website, but it certainly could be in there. It's been a long time since I've read through the documentation. Um, even that, though, even that would have its own. I suppose it would depend on the nature of the website. Like if you are mm -hmm. claiming to have an official government website with voting directions from your local election authority, you know, maybe there's like some kind of fraud or misrepresentation angle there. Um, whether, and you might be right on that. I don't know. I don't know what the specific website was. I do know that the memes were also part of the substance of the case. So even independent of the website, the prosecutors would still be arguing that the memes themselves were a conspiracy to violate. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to check up on the website. Cause I don't know the specifics about that. Thanks for Michael Anderson. If I remember my high school Spanish correctly, to bother is the verb molestar. To molest is Biden R. I have to Google <laughs> that to be sure. Nah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, Biden R. Language evolves over time. Biden R. Can be uh, <laughs> can be uh, a new one. I think that's fair. Well, that was four days ago. Five days, five ago. days ago. Worst name for a media website rebrand now. Who owns it? Why are you joining this group? Website could be called Milk Toast. If you're forced to leave a state to protect your kid, you are a refugee. Forced to leave a state to protect your kid, you are a refugee. Well, what, what's forcing you? People will say that like it, poverty and things like that. That's not that's not something you, you need to actively be in, in danger. Also, I'm not surely sure. Is he talking about Gaza? I think there's a combination of things. I think he's asking me a question about what's going on with Tenet and then also what the nature of a refugee is. At you least. have to be an imminent threat of death, I think, is the is the status like the U.N. Someone has to, as far as I'm concerned, to be to be uh, um, refugee is the wrong term um, to, to be. What's the word uh, to, when you're when you're seeking? What's the word, the legal word that escapes me after two plus hours of of streaming? Um, How many when, people are when, yelling when at someone when someone is hunting you specifically? And so you are seeking refuge in another nation because they're trying to get you and kill you. There's a word for that. 
can't. Let me know, live chat. My, my, my brain is dead. It's Why are fully, you asking a pregnant woman it's anything? It's fully biden hard right now. But um, yeah, if, if you can show me that there's a specific effort against you personally, not just like, oh, there's unrest in my country and it has caused unfavorable economic conditions or something like that. Um, yeah, maybe. Although, you know, these days. They're saying asylum. That's not what you mean. Asylum. Yeah. 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 Oh, Asylum, oh. asylum is a term. Thank you for clarifying and bailing me out of my brain failure. Um, asylum and, and these concepts, they're not just for people who have faced like general adversity in the context of mismanagement of a country or even war. Mm-hmm. It's something that's more personal, at least it used to be. Now it's just like, oh, you're you, like you are generally having a bad time asylum. But that's not how yeah. it works. Like at some level, unless someone's trying to hunt you down and kill you. Don't you have some obligation to fix your own country to help out yes. and build things there? Of course. Mm. Of course you do. Um, as far as what's nah. going on with tenant, I will talk about that in full detail as soon. It's not that I'm prohibited from saying anything. Let me be clear. I'm not, I haven't been told you can't talk about it. The reason I'm trying to be careful is because the, the, uh, the people who, whose project this is who, you know, and I trust, they are making their own announcement and I don't want to jump on that. I don't want to come out and say all of these things before they've had a chance to do that because that would just be kind of stealing their thunder. It's, 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 you know, this project is the idea of someone else that I believe in and that I'm signing on to. And I don't want to steal all the, steal all the, uh, the, the fun of that announcement from them. So I will trust me. So I will, shut up, Oil King. I will. I will speak about this with full transparency because, I, as people know, and as I've said before, I'm not going to sign on to things uh, and put my content, you know, where, where someone else is hosting it, without a very firm belief in that project and without protecting myself and my own product. And you can you can be assured for now that none of those principles, none of those values, have been compromised. Um, so that's why I look forward to talking about it. This is not like a secret thing. This is like, I can't, I, honestly, I've been waiting for months at this point to discuss it. So I can't wait to talk about it in more open terms. And hopefully that will be next Sunday. We can do that. Okay. Next Sunday. Wow. Okay. Um, Mac Grendel, uh, in late high school and a few years after I read some Clancy books, believed in competence from the USG, uh, did eight years in the army and started to have questions. Now it all seems like a shit show. Yeah. People that have come back from a, a, a tour and they, they're developing skepticism, those guys go hard because they know the inner workings of the United States government. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that makes sense. Or just ma'am. I really wish you guys would get it together and pronounce Israel correctly like the warmonger Lindsey Graham does. It's Israel. Asshats. Well, <laughs> I didn't know he says it that way. I guess <laughs> I'll have to listen. AP, I'm bored of how dumb the world has become. Let's talk about something fun every week. Music. What's the most underrated album in your opinion? I'll go first. Polarity by The Wedding. Underrated album? I don't even know how to answer this. I need some time. Uh, if people... Think about it. Okay, if if people think they hate my movie opinions, just oh, wait until you hear music. my music opinions. I, I have to just uh, opt out of that particular proposition. I'm not music review guy. And frankly, um, as you age, you realize I haven't picked up a new album in forever. You? I, yeah. It's like I, you listen to the same music that you listened to like 20 years ago. 
Um, as I've mentioned, part of that is because part of that, I think is just a natural trend. Like you stay connected to the music that you listened to when you were a young adult. Part of it is that every artist is so insufferable that they have to blast their politics in my face with everything instead of just letting me listen to their music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I listened to, um, I was, you know what I listened to today when I was outside, uh, taking a break from show prep, um, blink 182 has their new album out. So I'm like, all right, I'll put this on. Let's see what they got. Does it suck? Uh, I wouldn't say that it sucks if you like Blink-182. Who likes Blink-182? It's like the same thing. It's like every song is some variation of we used to be energetic when we were young, but now we're not and we're old. So, you know, I was like, well, I guess this is kind of appropriate for me in this phase of my life. Um, But I was not uh, that album did not do that much for me. But now the band's all back together again. Yeah. So it's not underrated. That one might be overrated. Uh, AP, I just read that. I commented hands. Happy belated birthday, Matt. I got you in blonde birthday gift, but the guy wearing the Biden mask sent those to Ukraine and Israel. Oh. Keeping my eye on Tenet and Emmeline's obsession with octopuses. Keep it up, you two. Oh, well, thank you very kindly. And uh, I, I, I understand why all of those resources have to go to, to Ukraine. It makes sense. How else do we expect to defend ourselves from Putin knocking on each one of our doors or kicking our doors down and killing our families himself? Yeah, Bedell. Hey there, I got a chance to catch the show live since I'm on reserve duty in the IDF. What? I know Blonde doesn't care about the region. I mean, I got opinions, though. But since it's my home, I have to I have got to help rid the world of evil. Hope for the best for all in the side of good. Well, I do hope for the best for all in the side of good in the region. He's being perfectly kind. Why are you treating this with hostility? What did I, I just say? I hope for the best. Oh, you're like doing it with region. this, this stern look or like, that's just what my face looks like. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Um, no, man. I, hey, all the, all the best with going into danger. And, and, um, you know, I, I fully understand. I, I, I don't, dispute the need for a response. And I'm not mad at Israelis for defending themselves to be clear in this. I'm mad at the forces that want to raid my country's wallet to prop it up and to insist that if I have any questions about that, that I'm a bad guy, that I'm basically the same as the Hamas people who paraglided in and shot people up. You know, if you, if you are, a, if you, if you're a citizen there and these people come into your country and kidnap your kids and kill the kill the other kids or whatever you know all these horrible crimes that happen i don't it, i don't want to be understood to question the need for a response in that i get why you'd have a response i just resent that that somehow it becomes the obligation of our country to prop up all of that that and i question the narrative that that's actually what's going on that what's going on that that this is a this is a uh, I, I don't want to get into this this thing of proportionate attack or a proportionate reaction because I think that everybody's kind of losing the the force through the trees on this one with this proportionate reaction thing. But I think that we're involving ourselves in um, an ancient blood dispute of which we virtually know nothing. And so do I think that Hamas just like came out of nowhere? Uh, no, uh, I don't. Um but mostly I don't care. He's right about that. Well, obviously I think they have, they have what they consider their reasons for doing it. They have their motivations. They didn't do this just because they felt like it on a Saturday morning or whatever it was. Who Hamas? Um, yeah. So I, I, I understand 
that the nature of this conflict goes back forever and ever and ever will probably carry into the future forever and ever and ever. That said, I don't care what ideological reasons people have for coming into private homes and murdering civilians and kidnapping civilians, because there isn't really a justification for that. And I understand why anybody who lives in that country would want to respond, indeed feel a moral obligation to respond. So it's not, it's not a questioning of that. It's just a question of why leadership in our country seems more bothered by that sort of atrocity on the other side of the world than they do about our own vulnerability to a potential atrocity like that through our own border or tragedies that are significantly consequential in this country that involve death and destruction. Maybe not in exactly that way, but lots of people dying in this country as a result of a lack of border security Mm. directly through murders and indirectly through fentanyl. See George Floyd. They got him. Anyway, thanks for supporting the show, man. Knuckle hunky buck. The reason Biden's chin has gotten so big and saggy is that he hasn't been sniffing enough little girls lately, so they're getting really full and swollen. Oh, God. He has blue chin balls? Is that what you're saying? That's Jesus. So that was clever. I like that one. Uh, oh, my God. Look at my sausage fingers. Get this baby out of me. Mojack 420. So back at the hospital, can't do radiation, so let's see what's next. Um, sorry to hear that. Your show and the hard bastards of the silver lining of the shit cloud I'm under. Your nose is fat, but at least it's not hooked. Thanks, bud. Jeez. Well, we're pr- we're praying for you. Oh I'm really sorry that you have to deal with this. Life is unfair. Mojack, all the best. Uh, I hope that uh, you recover swiftly. And thanks for supporting the show. Oh, shoot. I got to reload. Chubby Stubby says, I highly urge you to check out the coverage uh, by Robert Guvia? Guvia? on George's plea deals and the Biden $200,000 situation. I think they'll help give perspective on the topics that maybe clear up some questions. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who that uh, person is, but uh, if you have examples of the work, you can send it my way. I'll take a look. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, Phil says, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but it seems to me all the, uh, all the complaining of middle Eastern origin and yeah, is, is leading to a historic, conflict resolution but seriously it's nice to see that complainers of middle eastern origin won't be able to rule over the rubble if we fall too much diversity for that to occur i cannot oh. believe you made it to that super time. <laughs> it was that a was tough one rife with with uh yeah um, all right thank you phil um chubby stubby bacon giving cnn vm exclusive tell all tells all you need to know about where he really stands the vote to out Jordan should be public. No action by Congress should be kept from the people whom they're supposed to be representing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess the, the, they would say it's not an act of Congress. That's a, that's an act of the party trying to determine who they're going to put up for, for their nominee. Um, you might say distinction without a difference. They're all members of Congress, aren't they? Trying to decide a matter of congressional relevance. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe they should they be forced to disclose who to disclose who voted what way in the ousting of Jordan or should we leave that a private Republican matter? I don't know. I mean, I think that people should be entitled to as much information uh, as possible. It is. Uh, if it's not an official act of Congress, it's as close as it could possibly get. Mm-hmm. So why not err on the side of public transparency? Seems to make sense. 
Knock on Kibak. The phone call, that phone call was fiery, but most be, mostly peaceful. Can I talk? He even said, we're Antifa now, so shouldn't yeah. CNN support him? If they're against Antifa, then they're pro-fascist. He also yeah, exactly. said, he knows the body in the garbage bag is black because he saw it steal someone's bike. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you. He must have. He must have witnessed it. Helwin says, "No me molestes." That means, "Don't bother us," right? Something like that. To go back me. to where you come from, okay? <laughs> okay. Knuckle If you think the version of Gone with the Wind you watched was long, just wait until they release the Snyder cut, dude. Yeah, I was like, is this some weird director's cut, or is this movie actually this long? Uh, um, is it, is, this is a reference to whom, though? Who is mm-hmm. Snyder? This is another director. Zack uh, Snyder's. Are you Justice talking about the uh, the Justice League guy? Is that what we're talking about? That's what I've, came up when I googled. I haven't it. seen that, but I gather this is a this is a knuckle hunky buck joke that I don't get because it's too advanced. He must Snyder's mean there's a... demands escalated behind the scenes, including more money, blah blah blah, to finish the four hour director cut for ah. of the film for HBO Max. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a deep cut. I tried to play it off. Like, yeah. I, like I knew what you were talking about. I figured there's something there. Oil King. Uh, WF makes fake history and we're a broken generation. We are facing wars around the world. And imagine trying to make a movie about the South today, wanting to leave the union. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. They would never be able to make this now. And it's an important um, piece of our history, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, slavery bad. I agree on principle. Doesn't mean that the South did not have valid points on the relationship between the federal government and the states and before people flail and go well what do you mean a state's right to, to slavery a state's right to own slaves a state's right to manage these affairs for themselves now in the same yeah. way that states manage outright murder for themselves for themselves i know states uh, can manage slavery. Uh, one of the big the, the if i could witness any historical counterfactual it would be if the civil war never happened how long did slavery last and it I bet it's over by more than a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly by 1900. It's it's done for sure. For sure. There's no way they would have been able to sustain the industry that way. Um, Matt Grendel, much as I love Rumble, the chance to hear Rebecca fail to pronounce Mac makes me support on YouTube. No, I say my Grendel because um, the Grendel is the thin area of skin between your balls and your butthole. And I think that my Grendel is a funnier That's name than disgusting. Mac Grendel. Do you guys think I didn't know how to say Mac? I think, Fuck's yeah, I don't sake. know. I, I, well, I don't know. Maybe he thought that, but. Yes, Mac. I know how to say Mac. Um, I got to reload again. Thank you, Mac. I think uh, I actually have to refresh here too. Uh, but we got Oil King here. Leaving California or New York to other states to protect your family because you can't have peace with your neighborhood and people refuse to give you a job. You are a refugee. Uh, bad LGT no more. Well, I think that by by modern refugee status, you're right. Uh, but I would like to raise that threshold drastically because I don't think that my country sucks is a defense for refugee status. Yeah, I also so think this, this is something of a it's different, different because it's within the United States. Yeah, it's a different comparison because of the the nature of the movement. Like, I left Portland and San Francisco in my life, and I actually liked Portland and. You know, the city's been destroyed in the decades since. But when I left San Francisco, the Bay Area, a lot of the reason was because I didn't like it there. And you know, I'm a U.S. citizen. I have free movement among the states by virtue of that status. 
But do I think that, say, my dislike of San Francisco for the reasons that I had entitles me to enter Canada and demand that they accommodate me or enter Mexico and demand that yeah. they accommodate me? No, I, I don't think so. And if I don't know, I mean, uh, I, there is there have to be country borders somewhere and there have to be rules for entry that are something beyond just like you don't like it where you came from. And there are varying degrees of you don't like it where you came from. It might just be like, I can't get a job that I, the ideal job that I want, or, you know, I might die because there are criminal syndicates running the place or something like that. But as far as the nature, the nature between the States is different than the nature among countries. If the, if the nature of the relationship among countries is anybody can just come and go between countries at any time that they want, there's no such thing as a country it's just the world and we can all freely move throughout it at our whim. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yep. Uh, Kelvin says, wondering what the new blue oyster, blue oyster cult album will sound like. (laughs) It will definitely have more cowbell. I've, I've been told, which is an exciting (laughs) prospect. Uh, I just have one more. I think, um, this is John Johan Richardson. Too bad the movie wasn't The Searchers. It could have been a good discussion on the proportional response to murder rape raids from neighboring cultures. And if Ethan Edwards went too far or was a necessary protector. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. He's talking about the movie The Searchers. Yeah, and I don't know The Searchers. But I, we I'm might watch it. With this. It's, yeah. Or is that one of the November nominees or was that one of the nominees from last month? I forget. I, I'm let, not sure. I don't let remember. me look. Uh, the Searchers was a last month nominee. So it's it's now out for the time being. So we'll um, have to wait to see it. But thank you, Johan. Esoterica Unbound. I can't believe it. But apparently the symbolism in the movie was too subtle for even blonde. The sympathetic characters were those in Scarlet's orbit. There was little direct coverage. Well, of course, what was her name? Uh, not Marlena. Marianne. Uh, the, it, 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 I always it's like Millie or something, you know, I forget the name of that person. She was, uh, yeah, all, all the people that got pulled into her web were the sympathetic characters, but she was still obviously the protagonist. You have to have some redeeming qualities in a protagonist. It's something, right? Uh, that's it. What the hell was the name of that character? I'm trying to find it now. There's too many characters. It's dozens of people long. All right, whatever. Forget it. Uh, over on rumble Raymond Donovan is gay says how are Montana residents affording five acres for a million dollars on regular person salaries such as yourself I'm drastically generalizing but I cannot see how it's economically viable Um, locally in certain parts of Montana you will find prices like that for sure Uh, it would be yeah, I mean, it would be overly generalized to say that's true for the entirety of the state. If you want to find cheap land in the state of Montana, you can find you it. You can, yeah. Um, it, it's not going to be a million dollars for five acres, but you got to go to the parts of the state that are less populated and that are less um, desired by the coastal influx. So how is it economically viable? Well, the the demand is, it's going to correct. Like, I think that real estate is inflated right now Generally, but I think it's probably inflated in my neck of the woods because for a bunch of reasons, um, there are only so many coastal elitists who are going to flee to this part of the country. That's going to slow down and dry up eventually. They're what's driving up the price mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But then there's just the market realities of of the cost of borrowing money right now. Interest rates, uh, average uh, interest rate on a mortgage now is up over at or over 8%, which is the highest in 20 years. People will stop selling houses because they don't want to take on a new loan at that high of an interest rate. Of course, people will 
be uh, blocked out of buying houses because they can't afford to borrow at that rate. And so just the natural cooling effect that happens there, fewer sellers, fewer borrowers, uh, ha- price of, of property, housing and land will will fall a little bit. And I think it's going to fall nationally, but particularly mm-hmm. in areas like where we live, Coeur d'Alene, Bozeman, places that have been yeah. blown up by coastal influx. I wouldn't be surprised to see a pretty drastic downturn. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll there needs see. to be a market correction here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But if you're considering Montana and you want to buy land in Montana, if you're trying to buy five acres like in Gallatin County in Bozeman, yeah, good luck. You're, you're probably talking about that type of price. Mm-hmm. If you If you are able to go out to a more rural part of the state, and particularly in the eastern part of the state, five five acres is not going to cost you. I mean, I don't know. I guess I haven't shopped for five acres in eastern Montana. I'd be surprised if that costs you hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe it's in that range, something like that. But uh, I haven't shopped for land there, so I might need to be corrected on that. Anyway, thank you, Raymond Donovan. Um, even if you are gay, that's okay. With me. <laughs> Uh, why are you gay quick refresh here did we get everything oh there's a little bit more from esoterica unbound uh there was little direct coverage of the war because she is meant to be the embodiment of the south and by extension of the war itself that's why exposure to her was uh the doom of many the end was uh brett's rejection of the fable that's kind of interesting that she represents the south and the south but i even that metaphor i don't necessarily like like was it the south that killed all of those people or was it the war of northern aggression why doesn't she represent lincoln <laughs> in in that metaphor yeah. um and I, I don't know i'm not even trying to take sides there necessarily it just would be an odd metaphor if what is otherwise a very kind of romanticized presentation of the south and i mean that not like um, husband and wife romance. I mean that kind of like rose colored glasses. Everything is hunky dory romantic, that kind of view mm-hmm. that if that was the intended presentation of the South, that they would then in a more subtle way, intend the South to be viewed as a, a poison for everybody around it that killed everybody around it. I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate the attempt to bring some value <laughs> for that movie to me, but uh, but at the end of the day, it was just goddamn boring. It was so long and it was so boring. And yeah. the entertainment factor is next to zero in it for me. Uh, okay. Wait, Esoteric- what's the movie again this week? It is Kingsman, the secret service. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that one? I don't know it at all. No, I'm just kind of in the mood to watch a movie right now, but I don't hmm. even know that I have, have it. In- well, we are all caught up. So anything else before we call it a night? Good hanging out with you guys. I'll see you on Wednesday. All right. Well, thanks for uh, your participation in the show this evening, guys. Of course, thank you for your chats. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for your jokes. Thank you for all the many ways in which you make the live production better and more enjoyable. If you uh, are listening later on demand, of course, thank you as well for supporting the show. And if you can't get enough, if you need more to listen to, good news, there is more listening material over on the podcast feeds of the show, head on over to the website and the podcast page, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. You'll find all kinds of stuff on the podcast feeds, Blondes interviews, the Wednesday call-in show replay, all sorts of things you may not find on YouTube. Speaking of anything else show-related, 
Head on over to mattchristiansonmedia.com or mattis.gay for much more convenience. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry whoever the hell hosts that show anymore. It's not Meet the Press. It is The Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Thank you.